Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Pod Stallions. I'm Brian, and with me, as always, to the left over there is Jason. Hello, everyone, and happy, happy anniversary. Happy sort of. anniversary. I didn't get you anything. <laughs> um, it is our 100th episode, um, not counting the minis. I don't want anyone to be like, actually. But <laughs> yes, we, we 100 full episodes of Pod Stallions. Were we ever so young, Jason? I don't know. I can't even remember. I don't know how we did it. And boy, if you'd said to me then what I know now, phew, I still would have done it. I would. We would have done 200 <laughs> by now. Probably. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I would have done some more. <laughs> We've gotten, gotten more done. No, but it's um that's a you know that's a that's a hell. Now I think we can go into syndication, right? Can we? That's sell the right. Rights? Yeah, we'll be weekdays at four thirty, um, right after the Doris Day show. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I've always wanted to uh, come after Doris Day, if you know what I mean. Oh <laughs> come on, right away. It, it's right it's, away. Our, our blue show is after 10. All right. This is what we didn't mention is now that we've hit 100, we're going all blue all the yeah. time. And I want to start by reading some of my uh, saucier Masters of the Universe fan fiction. Oh, great. I've As some... you know, Jason, I am predilected with the character of Ram Man. Yes. <laughs> I did know that. And, and you finish it, and then I'll, then I'll get to my limericks. Ah, yes, yes. Well, this this particular tale is Ram Man, and he's accompanied by Fisto and Evil Lynn. What a treat! <laughs> That's as far something, as I've got. Something something silly's gonna happen. It's very ribald. <laughs> something weird's gonna happen. So, a um, hundred episodes. It's hard to believe, and um, you know, I don't think you look a day over forty, frankly our episodes i think what i think is interesting about this is is just recently you had gone back <laughs> you went back and listened <laughs> like listened to some of episode seven yeah and um said how much we sort of jumped all over the place well i don't know what it would feel like going back that far to, to hear it because i feel like we yeah I, I never listened to me um and and you know my wife doesn't want to listen to the show she's like i live with you um <laughs> you are the so show. My sister listens, and oh. my sister's like, I love your show. I love you guys. Yeah, I love listening to your voice, and you guys are fun. And she um, she said to my wife at dinner once and said, so do you listen? She's like, God, no. <laughs> and, I, you know, I found that really funny. It's like, yeah, you live with this. You don't need it. No, she's, she's like, I find my husband's voice annoying, but the other guy, jeez. <laughs> just my ears bleed. Um, but but I think that the the I think we did what we kind of set out to do. And no, no, that's not a that's not an Easter egg that we're you know, we're canceling the show. But I think we kind of did what we set out to do, which was to take our phone conversations and the fun stuff that we talked about that bounced around because we found we, we had a lot of the similar, you know, you know, duffel bags of, of nothing, <laughs> you know, yeah. useless bits of info, you know, in our in our backgrounds and. Um, that's kind of what it, what it's been, where it does, you know, like I say, the nicest note we always get is it feels like a conversation I can just jump right into and, and be part of it, or I want to be part of the conversation. Yeah, I, I, we get that a lot. And, and we've also reached our other goal where our friendship is dissolved mm. and we actually feud behind the scenes. This is all an act. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I think probably not since Martin and Lewis has there been right. such a dichotomy. 
between Opie and Anthony. Yeah. Or, uh, or uh, who is who's who's the other one? Um, uh, Marty Allen and. Um, oh, Marty uh, Allen and Rossi. Their feud was Allen Ro- yeah. yeah. You're Allen. I just want to point out you're, oh. you're in that equation. Hello, dear. Um, but um, but yeah, we uh, I think we I think that was the, the gist of this and was start with we always come back to it let's be fair we we always we never we never stray so far. we'll circle back one I of promise. us one of us sobers up within 10 or 15 minutes goes, wait a minute wait a minute what were we talking about again can we go back to the battle of the planets thing we were supposed to be okay I try, so- yeah I, I i try to steer the ship occasionally but i'm i'm just as bad with it as you are like I oh just no, of, wait a second uh, if anybody steers this sh- listen i'm the captain you are to look at me and i am the captain now you are um, this. i'm always steering the ship but you do do steer the ship as well but i'm because that's just how my brain works sometimes but you've got so much now you're a daryl dragon in this that you give out but um so i hope that everybody has enjoyed it I don't know how many people are out there listening. We always love getting your notes, but we have certainly had a fun time doing this. And um, I feel like a hundred uh, topics. It feels like we we could this could be endless to me. Like like yeah. I mean, you remember like when starting out, how we sort of were thinking of big ticket kind of ideas, you know, yeah. like long umbrella ideas. And then we reached a point where we went, well, why not Roddy McDowell? Why yeah. wouldn't we give love to, you know, John Saxon or whatever? Um, I think it's more. John Saxon episode? We did a John Saxon episode. Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. Didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. No, we did. You're the, you're the, you're the archivist. You're the one who always tells me, but I'm sure we did a John Saxon episode because I talked about Rockford Files. That you've never seen the Rockford Files episode he was in. Oh, that's right. We did. Okay, yeah, it was episode eighty-two. So that was two years ago. My God. Um, yeah. I know. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's bothering me a little bit that I didn't yes. remember doing that. Well, but what I was saying was, I think it's we we started with these larger kind of topics and you know. Yeah, we would do, we were doing like digests for a long time, mm-hmm. and I think that was you know uh myopic in the fact that we we really didn't um you know like we would do a whole episode of jerry anderson well you know then later on we ended up doing like a space 1999 episode with david weiner and that was so much fun that was such a good episode yeah so you know we were we were we were doing these huge retrospectives right whereas we could just talk about one thing and have fun with it and uh I think that's the biggest change we've had. Yep, I would I would agree. It's like we did we did that like the Jerry Anderson one, thinking, well, this is the only time we're going to hit this. Yeah, that's Anderson. like yeah, we, it was that, that's what I mean. It was kind of myopic in the fact yeah. that we thought, well, we're done with that forever, and it's like right. why? It was, right. there's a lot to talk about there. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's I, I agree with you. I think that this is kind of endless, and um, you know, I, I uh, it's not. It's not hard to come up with topics lately. No, and I think to to doff my cap, if you will, uh, to the two of us, I would say that's part of the the joy is 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 we have a very good rhythm and mm-hmm. we don't sound the same. We don't talk about the same things. We have the same you know enthusiasm to the things we love, 
but I think it's a really good tennis match where we can, you know, um, keep it loose and keep it moving. And, uh, you know, that's a testament to, I think, uh, our, our chemistry, if you will. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree without getting, you know, uh, without tooting our own horn too much, but I think we, we, we do good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so for today, for the hundredth episode, because I think brought to this point, I think Brian has been the one to announce every topic because I've always said, well, you, you know, you kick this off. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, I'm just for once, I just get to do this once (laughs) for the next 99 uh, episodes. We thought what would be a great giant topic to, to do uh, because there's so much to talk about and the world happens to be talking about this topic right now at the moment, and that is the character of the Batman. And there's so much to, you know, after you're saying how myopic, you know, things were and, you know, digest size was still a lot to discuss. But I thought what a, what a fun thing to do for the for the 100th episode. Yes, specifically talk about Batman and cinema. Yeah. And um, boy, you know, when I was reflecting on this, because I actually do some homework sometimes. The the one thing I will take away from this right away is every Batman movie is a snippet in time in my life. Like there, ha- you know, it, 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 Batman movies basically began for me, anyways, at the beginning of my adult life. I think I was eighteen when the first, you know, now not counting the '60s film, which we'll get into, but um, and then I, you know, I started thinking about each film, and it's like, oh yeah, I was, you know. It was this age then and, you know, just in different in different um, stages of my life. And it's kind of fun mm-hmm. to think of those movies now because they were events. They were big deals until they weren't, you know. Yeah, no, it, it, it's true. And um, uh, it, it uh, I have this I was talking to, to, to Alex the other night, as a matter of fact, about just the, the memory and and how what things, you know, if, if, if a bioengineer you know, is into, into his thing, he's probably not going to know when the Spider-Man TV series launched on television. But if you're into such things, if you have that kind of memory, then all these things are fixed points in time. Or like, I know mm-hmm. what that year, and I know, I know where I saw that movie. I know who I saw that film with. I know the yeah. year that. Yeah. And, and all of these are, I mean, I was just thinking, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking about, I was revisiting some of the Nolan stuff recently and mm-hmm. uh, i had rever- i had thought that 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 um batman begins was 2007 2008 no it's 2005 what, isn't it it was like i think it was like 2004 maybe 2005, 2005 yeah and then, and then dark knight was 2008 so even that yeah. i went oh man that was farther back than i that was you know ver- more you know virgin territory than than i thought so yeah and then once once the numbers in my head i go i know exactly where i was living i know who i was living with i know what i was doing what i was working on etc yeah. um but let's before we get to 89 um let's just quickly talk about the tv series or or the your 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 what was your what was most prominent for batman in your life before the movie as well yeah as i your... i didn't have uhf as a kid um okay. We just had basic cable. So uh, reruns of Batman played on Buffalo 29. I didn't get Buffalo 29 at my house. 
Um, so like my neighbors and all enjoyed Batman, but I saw the Adam West show like twice as a kid. Okay. I had the Viewmasters, um, and it definitely made an indelible impression on me. I remember like I I I must have been a little kid when I first saw Yvonne Craig as a Batgirl because I was like you know forever smitten with redheaded women, mm-hmm. and um, and I remember that. I remember that as a kid, like, um, but. The Batman movie, like, you know, so I was basically cartoons as a child. Well, that's what I was. And, I was yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Super Friends and Super and, Friends. and yeah. the repeats of the filmation and uh, the new adventures of Batman. But I can honestly remember uh, it's like in the spring, in the 70s. And we used to have this channel. Well, we still have it. Channel 7, ABC, WKBW out of Buffalo. And they used to have something called a movie for a Sunday afternoon and they played Batman, the movie. Mm. And I'd never sat through, you know, like, I, you know, it was this was insane that this movie was playing. <laughs> and I can honestly remember that I watched the opening credits, you know, the opening credits are kind of fun to that movie. Yeah. They're and cool. then the commercial break came and I ran to my friend's house to tell him. <laughs> like you know like i just like you know because we we all live in a little cul-de-sac right and like i had to race back and the other thing i, re- I remember about it is that my dad watched it with me because my dad um was a big fan of batman the show like he liked the camp of it mm-hmm. and he was telling me he, you know, he's told me this over the years he used to when my parents were first married they were kind of broke and my dad was working as a bouncer in a bar. He was a big guy and he knew how to fight. And uh, it was a rough bar. It was like called the Cadillac Hotel or something. And he said, you know, it, it could get really nasty in there. And he said, the only time that place calmed down was Batman. Wow. Everybody watched Batman. He said, Batman and the Avengers. Oh, because cool. of Emma, Emma, Emma Peel. He said, and my dad turned to me. I was a little kid. He's like, I loved Emma Peel. And I was like, <laughs> is Emma Peel? Um, but um, yeah, he, they loved Batman in that bar. And I always thought that was a funny story. Like, you know, they, they would go like, shut up, Batman's on, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's um, that's great. First off, the image of you running out the door at the commercial mm. break is just priceless. Um, it was so amazing to see you know my Mego figures come to life on television like that yeah and i was trying i was trying to figure out what i would have seen first if it was reruns of the 66 show or super friends i'm guessing maybe super friends first because saturday morning was such a, a ritual to see him in that but i don't know i just remember the first few times it's pretty vivid as a kid seeing that show for the first time, because your mind is still kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm talking very, very, very young, very little kid. Like your mind is still kind of, you know, you know that the Munsters and the Adams family are older shows because of, you know, some of the outfits and the cars and the, it's black and white, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing that I don't even know if I knew of it. Um, I, I, I remember hearing my mother talk about my brothers loving it as little kids and the, the, you know one of like maybe the last year that it ran or the last two years that it that it ran they were watching it um but it was that it is even when you compare it to things from the same period 
um, it's it's got a, an appeal like a, like that pop art glow to it. Oh yeah, it's, it's nothing does, and so your eye to so even as even if I, same thing with Star Trek in a different way. When you look at that that sh- it's it's so gorgeous as a, the colors in Star Trek, the colors of the the outfits and the the food and the and the planet. Yeah, set, the the, the, the really lighting set. on Star Trek is fantastic. Fantastic, and it's like this is color, man. We're putting this stuff yeah. out. Color. Let's go all the way. So I yeah. so the, the Batman show was a thing that kind of you know he, you know hit me hard as a little kid. Like oh my god, this is and it very much much was like my my toys are in this show. Like this is this is happening because it didn't look like anything else I'd seen on television. Kind of like you know in '78 when when I came across Doctor Who the first time, uh, the the you know Tom Baker's first season that not in, in a very different way, but you're seeing something and you're going, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. What the yeah. hell is this thing? So I, I was thrilled with that movie. Like I just couldn't get over how good it was. I and, don't even uh, I if I knew that there was a movie until I don't know when I knew there was that that T V version, you know, the movie that came out. I don't think I knew it as a kid. And I don't think I knew it I don't know if I knew it before the 89 Batman came out. I just remember that it seemed like Batman, you know, was mythical. The TV show was kind of mythical for a while because it hadn't run for a long time. And yeah, it, it went it, through a big uh, renaissance here in the early 80s, like when I was in grade school. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't recall it since, there was, I just remember when it sort of came back, it was around 88 or so, or 89, and it was, some local channel was building up to the movie coming out because at that point the movie had been so much in the in the lexicon and suddenly mm-hmm. i'm watching it again going i can't even think of the last time i you know i watched i had the corgi which was handed down from one of my brothers you know i had you know comic books everyone had, had that i had that corgi too i never even thought of that i had a corgi from a tv show i'd never seen <laughs> yeah everybody had yeah. that like it was just it was so iconic, like everybody had it. And um, my, my best it, friend, Paul, got his taken away by the teacher because she felt that that blade was a weapon. I well, that's what I used that. it for. I cut some people. Yeah, up. yeah. You, you were I was cutting kids up with it like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Cutting cutting kids up and uh, stealing uh, Snickers in the. In the little local Snickers. Fun body. size. But um, but so when it when it hit again before the movie, it was like, whoa. And it was you yeah. know, fun and silly and all of that. And of course, it was still in, I think it was still in our minds when the movie was announced that everybody, that's the one real image you had and the thing that existed that, that made you think of, you know, live action. Yeah, I think but it the, ran but, for the but, majority but, of the 80s here. But you know what? I forgot. There's one thing I forgot to, to mention. I thought of this the other day when we were talking about this. There was a kid's birthday <laughs> in grade school. There was a kid's birthday party. And, you know, I can't remember the kid. I remember my friend David Salkow, who's probably listening right now, loves loves the show. We went over to somebody's house and their dad had rented or had, I suppose, uh, you know, film of, uh, you know, 16, mil- whatever you call it. 16 millimeter, I guess it was maybe or whatever it was. Um, yeah, yes, projector, millimeter. yeah, projector film not like a video cassette because this was in the in the 70s he had gotten a hold of the the serial from the 40s 
Oh, my God. Yeah, the and one that was, inspired the 60s TV show. And he was showing some of it at this birthday party. So at that point, I had seen the Adam West show. I know that for sure, because you had a room full of kids in this house giggling at the silliness of this, you know, this thing that we were watching because, you know, the ears were real big on the cowl and stuff like that. And, but I, I vividly recall one that the parent of whatever kid that was. And this guy had to be a nerd, this dad, to to pull that thing out of mothballs and show it at a birthday party. So I'd seen that briefly before before they kind of unplugged the Batman live action from TV for a long time. And then before the movie came out. And of I course, remember seeing pictures of that guy. Yeah, the black and white What'd ones. What did you say? Yeah. Well, and then, yeah. the, and then the cartoon, because yeah. I mean, the, the Super Friends, they seem to they seem to run that forever, or they did, you know, oh, variations yeah. on it all through the early 80s, I think, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, the, the, they ran the Super Friends, I think, until um, 84 or 85. Yeah. In different think- iterations. But then was there like a superpowers show or was that just well that's what it morphed into they super friends became superpowers yeah okay and it became more of a synergistic thing with the kenner toy line although they never quite did that well um i kind of you know they they, i missed all of that i just was i was I, i watched the super friends right almost until the end it got i just couldn't stand the last season of it mm yeah, I just feel like there's. But, but oddly Batman. enough, they did bring Adam West back to voice Batman. Um, yes, at some that point in the '80s, late '70s, or of course we probably. You, I remember watching the Challenge of the Super Friends when it aired. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, I watched that when it aired, so I knew that, that was what '78, '79. So I had definitely. Yeah, seen, I think it was '78. So it was a third grade for me. Yeah. I had definitely seen the live action you know, Adam West series prior to that, because I knew I recognized those two and Gorshin in that. Um, But it was it was pretty quiet. And then, you know, I would say that the next time I sort of was aware of something happening with Batman was the Rolling Stone article with uh, the Frank Miller with uh, Dark Knight Returns. Hi, Brian and Jason. This is Chris Franklin and Rob Kelly from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. We just want to say congratulations to you both on the occasion of your 100th episode. May your podcast always remain mint on card. You guys have been at it so long, there's probably going to be a knockoff version soon, I bet. Mm-hmm. And that made its way into Rolling Stone, which I think was sort of ramping up toward the toward the movie. And then, of course, everything yeah. exploded. But you, you, you said you... You took a girl to the, that one? Is that what the deal was? You had a girl that you took to Batman? Or was am I thinking of Ghostbusters? Oh, no. Um, the, the first, yeah, the first uh, Batman, actually, um, I did take my girlfriend the next day. But okay. I w- waited for the midnight showing with my buddies. And I know we talked about this in the summer of 89. And, and my buddy picked up a girl. That was in it. that line. And it, okay. was, and it was just, it was it, like, that is... You know, I'm a senior in high school, and um, it felt really cool to have your, like, final year, um, and you're getting a Batman movie. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was a great summer, and um, I really I really enjoyed that year, and uh, that, that, yeah, that kicked off, you know, superhero movies. And I've recently rewatched the Burton film, and 
you know, I get it. Um, you know, it's very early, but there's some things in it I still don't really love. And I just recently read an article about the ending. And mm-hmm. I was not aware of this, that Burton had a different ending in mind. He wanted to have Batman use a thing to uh, like a device to have the bats from the bat cave attack the joker right and the, and and the whole the whole bell the whole bell tower thing was was a was a peter was john peters the one john that just peters went, yeah just started the bell tower. The set. what are we doing yeah. and nicholson's going up the steps and turns to burton he's like why am i why am i going up the steps again and burton's like yeah. well i'll tell you when you get there <laughs> we'll, say, we'll figure it out when you get there so yeah that yeah, was the, a and, total surprise and, to burton yeah and it's it's I've never liked that ending. Yeah. I've always found it very anticlimactic. I really hate that one of the Joker's goons nearly kills Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, like just some guy. Um, and, and, you know, like I just I've never cared for that ending. And to find out that Burton almost had a nervous breakdown over it, because, you know, he probably didn't have the power at the time to tell John he Peters. Would, yeah, he, he was by a thread too like he was hanging yeah. out by his fingernails he'd already you know he'd already rolled the dice i mean when you think about it i know we talked about it in the 89 show as well but it never stops being you know people really you know like it's it, we're living in such a culture that's very much you know uh, you can't nobody can talk i'm not saying this has nothing to do with you, what you just said or what you're saying but but people have a hard time talking about you know, uh, an episode of Barney Miller from whatever and say, well, no, it was a different time. Like, just just show the thing and just say, yeah, people are smoking in this and they don't do that now in movies and whatever. Yeah, it's, this was when it was made or whatever. So it's we're, we're sort of in this world where everything is, you know, if this and if that. And um, and and, you know, the the fact that Burton, I mean, some of the names that were thrown around for Batman are pretty crazy, you know, on, on their own. But that he took that chance. And, of course, everybody had the same reaction. And then Clean and Sober came out and people went, oh, this, he's actually oh, yeah, he's yeah. acting. And then it then it sort of, you know, that that lessened it a bit. But it wasn't until that trailer. And it's funny you say that because because of seeing the new film, I decided to start dip back in, starting to dip back into the Batman movies in, in different ways. And so I just watched uh Batman and Batman Returns a few weeks ago. And I bet I haven't seen those probably over 10 years, I don't think. And um, what I what I get from watching the 89 Batman is I'm immediately transported back to seeing that first trailer and then being in the theater. Yeah, there's a nostalgia. That's it, it, a heavy nostalgia in that film. But it's very, but very, but I have to say it's, again, it's like, it's like Superman and you go, why is there the slapstick? Why is Ned Beatty in there? Why is it? I could yeah. do it with one of these things. And the, but, but when you, when you know more about the making of Superman, you go, Holy shit. Did, did we, did we get lucky with the way this, you know, turned out? And with Batman, it's like, there's so many ways this shouldn't have worked or it could have gone wrong. And yeah, it didn't. And, it, and so I kind of, as, as a thing that shows up in pop culture that nobody knew what to expect or the naysayers thought it was going to be one thing and it was something else. It is pretty fully formed. I mean, it is like Keaton is, I, I was surprised at just how incredible Keaton is in it because he, you, I, you never, it's funny, all the years of all the people that have worn 
the cowl in live action, he he looks the best. He's got the best mouth of anybody because that he's just the way he's sort of his features are. He looks he's the got, best. He's got the worst suit though. Um, like he's, yeah, but, but his but all you're all you're looking at is him from the when he's in scenes and he's acting. You're looking Ooh. at the eyes and you're looking at the mouth and he it's he it's, does have a good face for it. It's it's supremely confident. Like he is supremely confident. We said this before in in our other episode. He made the choice that the voice should sound different from Batman to Bruce Wayne. And mm-hmm. he he kicked that that thing off, you know, if not for him, who knows what the rest or how things would have would have gone. It's been to varying degrees how people have used it. But um I was just struck at what, a, what how how good he was, how good it looked, um, and yeah. Then you go, does it did it need Robert Wall? Did it need you know um, um, some of the the silliness, whatever? But at the same time, holy shit, is it violent? Is it dark? It is. Oh yeah, and, and you know the other thing, it, it sets dark. a few tropes uh, for future comic book movies that everyone would copy, and I'm talking about the city has a personality in all these films. You know, that went on for a long time after that. Um, the other thing is that they're always a little more villain centric. And uh, the third thing is Danny Elfman. Always oh, got to get Danny Elfman. If you do a superhero movie, you got to get Danny Elfman. Like that sort of became a, a, a weird thing. Yeah, the Dick Tra- especially, the you know. The, when yeah, Dick Tracy is the one right out of the gate that looks just like Batman, but Batman's not showing up. Um, you know, <laughs> well, although, although and we'll do, we'll explore this further on our Dick Tracy centric episode. That's I would do a Dick Tracy episode. episode I'm, I'm not episode, making fun of that. Episode 101. Um, Dick Tracy, I think, is a is a is bonkers, but it's also kind <laughs> of underrated because it is insane looking. I mean, it's not it does. It's it's got a little bit of the darkness of Batman, but it's it's in the, it's everything is is you know primary colors and and a very very different look so it was it was it was influenced by batman but it was very very different but the elfman thing let's let's go to that yeah that elfman score is excellent oh, oh my god it's I still, still if i see batman you still go da, 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 you know there's the um, whole ride, the whole ride with basinger in the in the front seat mm-hmm. and that whole piece that's played right into the Batcave, and it's still as thrilling as it was like mm-hmm. you know like like that hasn't aged a bit like it's still just perfect great Nick, great uh great uh bat cave great batmobile the batmobile. Uh, nice designs um yep. i little, like the little, casting of michael goth as um yes as alfred i do not like pat hingle as commissioner gordon see uh, it's I, I would if I was going to take anybody out, I would take out Robert Wall because it's just kind of oh goofy, yeah agreed because McGooferstein. But you know what? What's even what's even troubled me even more is seeing Billy D. Williams again. Not that I forget he's in it, but you go, oh man, why? How cool would a world have been with Billy D. Williams doing doing Two Face? Yeah, that would've we would have really gotten interesting. That I would I would have very much liked to have seen that because what we got was terrible. Oh, and we'll get into that. We'll get there. Uh, yeah, but I've always, um, yeah, I, I, I would have really liked to have seen um, what Billy D could have done with the character. I think he would have been pretty good. 
I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is I, I watch it and I go, yeah, I would pull that out. I don't really think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the whole, I just go, this is a fully formed thing. This is so yeah, con- it's its own world. It's completely confident in what it's doing with this character. Yeah. And it's and, and it's also radical because it's it's forget the comic books or that who was coming into it knowing the comics as a depiction of this character. It's freaking radical. It's like a if, if, if anyone was going in just going, oh, Batman's kind of fun and he he you know, he fights crime. This is a nightmare. This oh, yeah. By the way, my father hated it. Yeah, um, I mean, people people did a lot. Of, a lot of people hated both of those because yeah. there was there was they didn't find, you know, joy. Although I'll say there's some, you know, nice visual gags and some little little winks to the audience that are fun, that are scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a couple. Of, I, you know, the moon thing is a bit goofy, but uh, the oh, thing that made me screaming. laugh. I remember being in the theater and people just screaming when that happened. Yeah. Like, like it was speaking to them. Oh, directly. You know what? The energy of being in that theater at midnight for the original showing was pretty cool. Oh, my um, God. I think yeah, I it was that night. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, I I love the summer of Batman. I, I absolutely loved it. I thought the toy line was terrible um years later i found i i befriended the guy who actually did that deal with warner mm-hmm. um and he said yeah nobody wanted it can you believe That's, that there you go once again yeah. i i remember then again we're repeating ourselves from the previous episode but that that warner brothers catalog yeah oh yeah and, and that showed all the prototypes in that photo and then the hunting for this stuff. And I had all of it. I had the very first edition of that Toy Biz Batmobile with the plastic thing that went over it for the for the shell. I had all the figures. <laughs> I don't I don't think I had the Batcave, but I had like the projector gun. And I got just Did all the Did you get little, Bob the Goon? I got Bob the Goon. I got everybody. I got whatever that thing was. I remember and, Tops put out a uh, Batman magazine. Yep. And in it were pictures of Joe Desrus's Batman collection. And I, I was collecting Migos at this time. Like, I was already a toy collector. And I was drooling over that. And um, that summer, too, my parents moved to the country. And I was ping-ponging back and forth between their place and their old house. I actually spent my senior year of high school in my parents' house with no one living there. It was awesome. Uh-huh. And uh, but I remember the only thing I like they, they didn't have TV at the new house and, you know, it wasn't set up. So when I went, you know, to have dinner there or something, I, I left that magazine there so that I would have something to look at. So I probably read that <laughs> Tops magazine like 50 times, you know, there was a, there was the Tops magazine. There was a the movie book, which had great designs in it, like, you know, some of the designs, the Batmobile, the weapons, things like that, like the tops, you know, trading cards. Like I went all in. Oh, I bought all those trading cards. Yeah. For all of this stuff. And it was also like the, the, that same, around the same time as the toy shop paper being an ongoing thing. Oh yeah. And when I, when I first heard about the Takara 12 inch super Joe body, you know, Batman, which now I'm sure just looks like almost like a knockoff. But at the time it was like, this is the best Batman movie thing ever made. It's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leather look outfit and the hand, you know, whatever. And finally tracked one of those down for the princely sum. I think I think it was like seventy five dollars maybe at the time. That was a lot of money to spend on something like that then. Um, but it was only in Japan. There's another figure that I still have that's about six inches tall, maybe five and a half inches tall. 
that's that's very Keaton and it's got like, you know, you know, like eight points of articulation, but it came in a little box that was a Japanese thing. There were little Japanese model kits, you know, the kind that came with a little tiny box of candy and then to the right. Oh, of it, yeah, I had a couple of those. Yeah, and they, made, they had the Batmobile and they had a, a figure of him that you could yeah. build. I had there that. Might have, yeah, there might have been another one, but maybe it was. But the Batmobile even shot little missiles out of it. It's a yeah. kit that you built, and the missiles shot, and a tiny little figure of Batman went in the in the cockpit. Or the you know, Japanese the, model the, kits. They're kind of like half toy, half model. Yeah, kit the they're wonderful. Yeah. I've got a I've got a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, wow, here we go. This is what movies are going to be from now on. This is what they they did it. They pulled it off, and it was. It was a triumph in the sense that it was the biggest movie of the year, but that everybody kind of went along with it. There, there must have been a lot of people that were shocked mm-hmm. when they at how dark it was. Um, and then I remember watching the CBC review and the critic, who, to his credit, he was a pretty good guy. He said, the movie presents itself as a dream and insists upon itself. So. You know, he was basically saying that, like, you you just kind of fall into it. And yeah. I always kind of liked that that way of saying it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of and then then, of course, it it you know, it it I'm going to get the timeline wrong, but I think it was maybe a year. So the movie comes out. It's out all summer. It's out in the fall. It's going to dollar, you know, dollar theaters when they were still around, you know, after yeah. the run. But then it comes out on VHS, I want to say, a year after it premiered. No, 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 not at all. It came out on VHS very early. But uh, it wasn't It wasn't, It wasn't. wasn't the fall. Right? Christmas season. Okay, so it comes out June of 89. Yeah, and, and comes- I remember by October I was going on a double date, and we went to the theater, and it was still playing. And we were like, so it, I don't want to see that, you know. So it hit, it hit in time for Christmas of eighty of, of eighty. It, it absolutely did, yes. So that, um, was, and that was we talked about this too, but that was the first mass media twenty dollars tape sell through VH yeah. tape at twenty four ninety five. Yeah, that that was the one, and it, that thing just exploded. Like I worked in a dinky variety store, and we had a display of it. I bought mine at my work. Um. It was we, everywhere. Grocery we, store. we had we had a box of Batman and we had a box of porn. I remember that. <laughs> well, that's a toss-up. To this day, that's still a bit of a. <laughs> that's a good good choice. But I remember word. there was no um, there was no Happy Meal in in this country. There was no the only, the fast food tie-in for the first movie was Taco Bell, and that's I believe when Taco Bell introduced their cinnamon sticks, whatever they were called, these little bits of fried whatever in a I little bag yeah and they were covered in cinnamon but they had movie cups so each week you'd get a different uh yeah i, I, I don't think we had a taco bell in our town and if we so, did yeah. i didn't go there so i I, yeah. I went there just to get the cups but you had to buy the cinnamon things to get the cup apparently so i just i'd eat one of them and then throw it out but just i just needed to get all the all the cups but but yeah i was all all in for that and i was gonna say speaking of darkness like <laughs> people thought that was dark Wait till you get to wait till you get to Batman Returns. Yeah, and, and you know what? This is a film, and this is this moment of time makes me laugh. I saw Batman Returns three times, and here's why. Um, one, I saw it with my buddy Brian uh, at the midnight showing again. You know, that was it was a ritual by this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 
I think I'm in my second year of university or first year. I can't remember. I know I took a year off. I took a gap year, but um, and at that time I was I was dating two different girls, and so I had to do that. And it was really like a sitcom. Talk about it. Talk about a duality, Bruce. Wayne. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like they both knew I had seen it with my friend because I went to the midnight showing. But then I ended up, you know, having to see it um, two more times. One, you know, one with the one girl. And then um, I took the other girl to the drive-in, I think. And we had to watch that in Boomerang. And each, each time you had to pretend you hadn't seen it. No, I didn't have to. That was the oh, one okay. thing. Because they knew I'd seen it, but they wanted to see it with me. So I saw it a lot. And at that time, I was really uh, into collecting I love the Kenner Dark Knight line. I love that line. Yeah, um, it's pretty I great. thought it was amazing. And I I was collecting the 89 Batman stuff on clearance. So, you know, like buying the Jokers and the yeah. all that stuff. And I was also like, I really liked the Batman Returns toy line. So, I was, you know, I thought there were some really great figures in that. Mm-hmm. I don't like the movie. Um <laughs> Hold on, I just like let me jump in. Let's go back to the figures here. So the '89 Batman stuff, you know, farts farts away, and then Kenner gets the license. Kenner gets the license. Dark, Dark Legends of the Dark Knight. Yeah. Right, right out of the gate, they're putting Keaton front and center on the card, his face on the card in the corner. You go, oh, so it's not doesn't say Batman, but now they can do whatever they want. They come out with, they they come out with. I think the first one is like he's in the black outfit. Yeah, and it's pretty good. Then there's three or four or five or six that are in, you know. Yeah, and, that's, and then this is the beginning whatever. of the Batman, like, armors and outfits, right. variations. Right. But they, yeah, but they do, but they do, they never do a movie Penguin. They do the, they just like. Superpowers Penguin. Superpowers and and penguin. I, I agree with that. And then, and then they do the Catwoman, which they short pack, which becomes everybody goes nuts. Chase figure, fight. yeah. But what they did do was a brilliant Batmobile. They did a Robin. They did the Batmobile that that separated, the two sides separated and yeah. then came out the middle like it did in the movie. They did um a, like a grapnel gun and a couple other things or like role play stuff that the first line Do you, know, do you remember the first do. line but also from the Star thing, Wars but, gun? But my favorite thing they did. Yeah. And I, I still have one. They did a Bruce Wayne. They that oh, Dark Knight yeah. returns collection, they did a Michael Keaton figure. And he's in like like you know like workout pants. Workout clothes with a bat single. Uh, bat workout, like, but it's like a turtleneck, so it goes yeah. up his neck. I mean, it's brilliant. It's dude. Brilliant. I'm holding one right now. I it's have really one. A, it's really a smart design when you think yeah. about it. Because the turtleneck, the the sculpt of Keaton is wonderful for the time yeah. period. That is a wonderful Keaton. And the little outfit. And I'm like, oh my god. And he clip on his bat armor with a little cowl that goes over his head, and it, and actually, it looks great. And it's great. It's, that's my favorite thing that they did for either of those movies, I think. That, and and that, I have one on my desk right now, but I turned it into Shade the Changing Man in college. So I sculpted like the of course, lapel. Of course you did. But it looks, it looks like Michael a, Keaton. On a mushroom trip. But then yeah. also, but they, <laughs> then the Catwoman, the thing if I remember about the Catwoman was, first you couldn't find it. Then she was kind of everywhere. But but the way it was sculpted, she couldn't stand. Yeah. Like it was in that, it was a great figure, but it had like an action feature, I think where she, she threw the whip or something, but, but it was great. And you go, Oh man, they didn't want to probably didn't want to do 
a penguin because of the way he looked and everything. So, okay, let's go back to you. And they did remember the the one thing you would find everywhere were the penguins. The penguins, and then there was a robin. You're like, what the? Yeah, I liked the robin. Well, a robin was supposed to originally be in the film. I know, but you just go, what about all the things that? What about all the other things that were in the film? Or what about what about a Christopher Walken? Or what about a? But but let's we'll go back a sec to you to you hating or not liking the film. I rewatched it, and and. What I what I because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, what I didn't like originally, I still don't like uh, the penguin. Hate not it. not Devito. Not he's given it his all. I'll give him that. But yeah. But I don't. I he don't. He does like, a great job. But he's I just, repellent. It's, it's too repellent. It's too grotesque. I don't like the the baby. You know, throwing the baby off. Even though we get we get um, you know uh, Simone and Pee Wee together as the parents to throw it off the thing. Um, but I don't. I just. I just think it's. It's got a real ugliness to it. But yeah. it's also, you know, the design is still great. The. 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 It. It. It looks more like it never left the studio than the first one ever looked. Like the. This one, you can tell the chases and the fights. Everything is, just the way it's lit. Kind of, you know, you're you're at a studio. But I think, you know, that that not having Keaton and not having Batman in it as much as even the first one, I didn't like, etc. But the chemistry between Keaton and Pfeiffer in every scene. Excellent. And especially the when they go to the, the Christmas party, the ball and, you know, walking is wonderful. Anything that he does is wonderful. But the 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 way that they were written and you just go, why didn't we get more of this? Why didn't we get her? Yeah. If only we would have gotten more or more of them together, et cetera. She is phenomenal. Like she she's so great in it because she never. She does this, yes, the bookwormy with the glasses, whatever. We've now seen that a dozen times with like, oh, it's the and, nebbish. And, and I believe Halle Berry it. fucking owned it. So okay, we don't have not, to do it again. No, 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 no. You don't get to talk about the Halle Berry Catwoman you love so much in the Batman episode because he's not <laughs> in that movie. But the thing with the, the nerdy thing and then the blossom into it, we've now seen this a dozen times. So she's doing the mousy thing, whatever. But it, Pfeiffer is wonderful. But when she becomes Catwoman, she takes it right up to the line of like, you know, femme fatale from a, a movie from the 40s kind of thing with the the way she kind of delivers her lines. But you buy every word of it. She is you cannot take your eyes off her. She's as amazing in that now as she was then. Um, so I still I dig it. I dig the first one more. Um, but I dig the two of them like I want like every fight that they're in every time they're together, whether in costume or not. That's what kind of makes it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, Here's, it's yeah, just kind of, it's kind of a hot and the penguin, the thing at the end with the with the penguins coming out, coming out to the water and and him and just all the penguin stuff is just eesh. and it's it's actually more jarring now when I see it where I go. Yeah, I guess I could see that the, the parents are taking the kids to well, we'll go to Batman, then we'll go to McDonald's and we'll get some toys. And yeah, no, I out crying and they, you know, they're like freaked out by by all this horrible shit trying to eat their burgers. I kind of get I, it. I have a I have a theory about Tim Burton and that is um don't make him do something he doesn't want to do. And I I don't think he really wanted to make the sequel to Batman. Uh or he I don't I you know, I'm just not 100% or it's and this is something that we'll find in more Batman films as we go on in this list. The director gets more <laughs> control over the second one 
and things go off the rails. That's that's totally what happened. He, yeah. he the thing is the, the thing is he he was never a big comic book person because no. this was not a big deal to him. But what he approached it as, and what he you know what he the, how he sold it to Nicholson as well. Not that Nicholson you know was. And let's let's take a moment again and remember we might have had David Bowie as the Joker. Uh. The, almost that could have happened. But Nicholson said what what Burton sold him on was. You know, the 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 duality there, the two of them, obviously the thing that, you know, Wayne is kind of struggling with, but that Nicholson is pretty in control the first part of the film. And then he can, you know, he's clearly someone who's got a, a screw loose and he could, you know, had license to do, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think Burton was overly interested in the rogues gallery. Even Catwoman was natural for him to, to uh, because of his history and the things he's into, the kind of goth thing. I would totally get that. The Penguin. I don't think he found a way into the character if it wasn't this grotesque thing that looked like a Tim Burton drawing. That that's where I think he got to do whatever he wanted and he went he went to the grotesquery of it instead of, you know, the the guy that, you know, runs the whatever the ice cube club or whatever it's called and you know that stuff. Yeah, yeah I, he got I, more I of his own really yeah. don't none of my critique of the film falls on uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, shoulders. I think she's great in it. I like Keaton in it. Uh, they have good chemistry. And I, I love the soundtrack to Batman Returns, by the way. Oh. It is. I, I used to have it on vinyl. Or, or, or Yeah, and I, I loved listening to that. It's 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 an awesome soundtrack. And that Susie tune? Yeah, the Susie and the Banshees. It's oh. wonderful. Yeah, and I'm not even a big fan of Susie and the Banshees. Um, no, but it was coming off of the tune remember the big single she had for kiss them for me yeah like was the year before and then this one i'm like oh my god it just because i played kiss them for me over and over and over again and then this mm -hmm. one i i got i think i had it on cassette and so i'd always just play the the final the track and play it over and over and over again in the in the car yeah. on cassette. um so it was it was just the overall kind of look of it, it? it's it's that? it's the it's the look um is getting you know it, it's when, when I was younger, I used to go, I get it. You're goth. You know, um, I hate the penguin. Like, I just absolutely hate the look of it. Um, it's repugnant. Yeah. You know, I think there's a there's a scene in the film where he bites the nose off that Claude from the Hogan family show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, well, what he, he, is this? He bites his nose, but then he makes a joke about, you know, doing something untoward to the woman of the pair of, of PR people. Yeah, he, but he touches her really breast like, and puts that thing on there. And it's like, it, like, I want Batman to kill this guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it was really like, you know, there were little bits like there's there's a line between that even kind of because again i haven't seen it in a long time and when i had it on mm. laser disc or whatever i'd you know i'd watch it all the time in the in the you know early 90s or whatever but when keaton and and she are at the the costume ball or whatever it is and they're dancing and because they because you know the last time they saw each other she had to leave and then he had to leave. oh a meeting came up and they both went off to be catwoman and batman and he said, oh, I'm sorry about that. Oh, I'm sorry about that. And he, go, he says to her, he goes, well, you know, no hard feelings. And she says, well, semi-hard, I'd say. Yeah. And he kind of 
like leans back and looks at her like, whoa. And I went, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah. Line. You know, which is, you know, I mean. What you of, want on a McDonald's cup. Some of the Roger Moore Bond films, there's the one, you know, Moonraker, at the end of Moonraker, they're watching him on a screen and double is, what is he doing? Well, what is what's going on here? And I think M says, what is he up to? And, he's, you know, Bond is floating on top of a, uh, the woman in the film, and, and Q says, I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. And, but, I mean, you know, I was like, whatever, I was a kid, I'm like, I don't know, something dirty, I'm not sure what it means, I was a kid. <laughs> but then you see this, and you go, whoa, that's a, <laughs> holy, I didn't expect yeah. that. Like, it's, it's loaded with these, like, just kind of crossing the line, and, of course, just the, just the, what Walken does to Pfeiffer, Hurt, yeah, hurt. just it's 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 a it's too like it's, it's, it's pretty too dark. dark. Yeah, it's and dark. I I don't I don't like that. Um, that's, that's and and you know the other thing is I want to say is like I hate Frank Miller's influence on Batman um, because it's it's I don't know why after you know the character was like fifty when the first movie came out. Why the hell we all just fixate on something that happened in a, you well, know, I'll, in, I'll in what is like an alternative universe type thing? Yeah, I'll only say this. I, I agree with you. I think Miller did some good stuff, but I think he's, as, you know, creators go, he's not in my top whatever. But yeah. I'll say I, I have more time for Dark Knight Returns. I have no time for the killing joke. And I love. Oh no, I, 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 you know what? The Killing but Joke is another thing that I like. I thought was cool, and I got rid of uh, years that, ago. I just that that, yeah. that thing legend has loomed so large, and you hear so many people when they're talking. I mean, there's a thing on on HBO Max that you know after you watch one of the things, there's like a, a Joker special, like a 30 minute Joker thing, and they're pulling clips from all the other films and all the other you know sit down interviews, the EPK type things from however many years of DC, you know, video movies or animated series, whatever. And you got people like Jeff Johns, remember, going, oh, the killing joke is the greatest. If not, oh my God, that's the thing. If not for the killing joke, I'm like, it's horrible. It is a terrible, yeah. and even when, when even Alan Moore disowns the thing. Yeah, just, when Alan Moore goes, oh, I didn't want it to be continuity. Yeah, um, I, I do not get that. So the Miller stuff, you yeah. go, yeah, it's, it's almost like, almost like, you know, it's it's like it's a it's a little bit like Bond in the way that, you know, more more became such a cartoon that when Dalton came in, they knew that who they were getting because they'd wanted Dalton several times before this. And now it finally happened and they kind of knew where this was going to go. But even he said, look, pull this out. Pull the, I'm not going to say it like it's, it's take the Roger Moore stuff out. And you got these two films that were well reviewed. The first one did great. The second one did well around the world, got caught up in this same summer, the summer of 89. And then you had the legal stuff for six years. So, so the, the legend becomes, well, the reason it didn't work was it was too dark and too violent. Nobody liked Dalton, da, 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 da. When that was just, it was never the case. And so when they brought it back, it became a little more kind of more friendly. It became a little more like, you know, Brosnan was, was the, you know, like, like Roger Moore's nephew kind of. And it, it was that, and his then got more ridiculous and more cartoony. So then they reach a point and they go, we got to bring it back and make it gritty again. And there goes Casino Royale. And then inevitably Craig's ones get more silly as they go until you get this 
ridiculous one we just had that we waited 18 but um so the miller thing you go it 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 was good for what it did and it was good that it gave us sort of what we got but it should not be the standard the major influence on the character it should which not be the major influence on the character i i couldn't agree more i totally agree yeah. so that and, one first one works better than the second one the second one really works because of of keaton and pfeiffer and you and you just want to go we don't even need the penguin or we could have had him be have less well, this is another thing i want to mention this is the first film of many superhero films where there's too many villains yes yes um and, and uh this one is really um is really the first time we experience that but hollywood does not learn its lesson at all so um yeah that was my biggest beef with it but legend has it and burton has certainly talked about this that he was ready to do a third one he was ready and raring to go with he the was movie. and 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 they had a meeting and they were like basically trying to nicely say we don't want you is there and anything, it, anything else you want to do you want to do like yeah. a comedy like a cheaper by the dozen kind of thing or something yeah. with puppets and he's like you guys don't want me doing this do you and then i think that the word i've heard two conflicting things was that 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 was the word burton's not going to do it and keaton's had i'd heard the keaton thing was yeah, I kind of figured, you know, if Tim's not doing it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, he walked. Yeah. yeah. But I've also heard there was a legendary meeting between Keaton and Schumacher. And, oh, really? And that rubbed Keaton so the wrong way and sort of what he wanted to do with the character and some ideas. That, I think I think you're right. I heard I think that's been a recent relevation. Like, you know, Keaton's doing the rounds. And yeah. I, I think I read I think I heard that, too, where he just went, nope, you know, it, like it was, Fuck this. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he went and I saw forever at a screening. It was one of the first screenings I went to. It, was, it wasn't the premiere. It was like the, the day after the premiere at the same theater in Westwood where they held the original Batman, 89 Batman. And so I somehow got on the list or I don't know what it was I was doing that I went to forever. And I was very excited for it just because of the first two. And I liked Kilmer at that point, but I wasn't sure. And um, and I remember uh, uh, hating it. I remember coming out of it and just going, what the fuck? Even even on the night and the guy that that drove that I went with was named Nathan Miles, who I'm still friends with. And I had him in stitches on the way home, just just tearing it apart. We got we got we got free copies of the soundtrack. And I think I was like, this is going to be better than the the movie kind of thing. And um, and uh, and I, I, I disliked it from. From the night I, I saw it, and it for me, it's only gotten worse with each subsequent viewing. But really, uh, oh my God, I think it is diabolical. I think it is just awful. Okay, uh, here's where you and I kind of, uh, I liked it. Feeling, um, I had a feeling you were gonna have a yeah. sense forever. So uh, the one me. I, I, my, the Riddler is my favorite villain. Um, I liked it, but like now I look at it and go, oh boy. Um. I liked it for a number of reasons. One, you know, they had, I like Val Kilmer as an actor. Um, I thought it was nice to see an opening scene where Batman actually was fighting. Yes. You know, because Burton's Batman was always just like murdering people <laughs> and, uh, you know, like setting them on fire with his car and, um, when you, when you, you know, putting bombs on them. 
I can I can speak from experience. When you live alone long enough, yeah, you can you get a little get a little carried away. I know the feeling. Believe me. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I was you know I was a Jim Carrey fan since I was a kid because like I was a Toronto kid and I remember Jim Carrey um, from like and, 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 you know, yeah. And let me be clear too. I was I think you and I have talked about this too. We saw Ace Ventura when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it was, I remember going with a couple of buddies and the theater was empty and we laughed our faces off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was just so stupid. And so. It hasn't super aged well, but. Um, I, no, no, that's true. But but it was just, you're watching him going, what the, f- what is he doing? Like, what, is he going to do this the whole movie? And then you just yeah. go with it. So I was, I was, you know, you know, in living color and the movies yeah. he does. Let's go, Jim Carrey. What I remember Robin movie. Williams was kept getting flouted, and I wanted Robin Williams as the Riddler at the time. Yeah, and uh, then, I, think, I actually think he would have been subtle compared to what Jim Carrey did. Yeah, okay. and and uh, I guess he felt quite used by the studio because they were just touting him out, but he was never going to get the part. Oh, and, that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah, and um, I remember my friend saying Jim Carrey got the Riddler, and I was like, "Well, that's awesome." And I remember I was uh, in my early 20s. I had a I had a wonderful basement apartment in Jane and Finch in Toronto. Um, that is a chef's kiss neighborhood in Toronto. Just so you know, <laughs> like uh, it is it is uh, there's there was some some gunfire there mm. and um, life was good. Like um I think my rent was 200 bucks a month. And, uh, you know, I just remember I was working my job and we didn't, we had a magazine rack at work. I was working retail and um, I think it was GQ magazine uh, had a spread of all the villains in the film mm-hmm. or all the characters in the film. So you, you got um, Jim Carrey's Riddler, and then there was a page of Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face, and then there was Chris O'Donnell's Robin, and 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 Val Kilmer's Batman. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, I love Robin. Robin, I wanted to be Robin when I was a kid. So this was like, really? you know, yeah, oh yeah, I, I loved Robin because if you no, think about it, like no, Robin was a teenager. That didn't come out right. What I meant was, that's like I don't think I've ever heard someone say. They wanted to be Robin when they were a kid. That's oh yeah, no, I, I was Robin was like twenty when I was a kid. Like you know, Neil Adams drew him as like an adult, right? And I wanted to be that kind of like badass adult. Uh, college, Robin was college. Robin was cooler than Batman to me when I was a little kid. The college Robin, and the, the one the college in, Robin, not the, the little in, boy. The one in flares, the one who's always wearing flares and the Neil. Yeah, Adams. he's got big sideburns. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was like this kind of. That was, you know, uh, that was the film I I really liked. Like, you know, I watch it now and it's like, whew. Um, Wait, so you, so when it, you saw it in 95, you dug it? It was, it was I think it was 94 that came out. Um, I um, liked it a lot. I think it was 95. No, no, don't have, you don't have to, we'll just, we'll get letters. People write in, if you know the year that Batman came out. I wanted to. Juxtapos- box. Oh, it is 95. You're right. Hello, this is famous cartoonist Art Baltazar. You might know me for things like Tiny Titans or DC Super Pets or Itty Bitty Hellboy or, or my very own Oh Yeah comics. 
I'm wishing you, and I'm here to wish Plaid Stallions a very merry 100 years birthday. Oh, wait, 100 episodes for uh, this Pod Stallions. You're a good man, Pod Stallions. You're a good man, Brian. You guys are awesome. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> I wanted to juxtapose. Oh, it is 95. You're right. Now, mind you, um, the Crow had come out a year before, and that was now like my favorite comic book movie ever. Right, because uh, you love. So songs. Batman, I, I, yeah, I got a free soundtrack at that one because <laughs> my friend Sean took me. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, so when you came out of it in '95, you you enjoyed. I loved it. I, I went to the midnight screening. Um, I went by myself like because it? nobody wanted to come with me, and I got um, I got drunk at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, how times have changed! 19- not at all. Nineteen ninety-two, no, nineteen ninety-two. You see it three times in one week. Take two different women. Fast forward to nineteen ninety-five. Nobody wants to go. You yeah. get drunk at a bar and head off to the movie. Well, also, I want to point out that nineteen ninety-five. My girlfriend was planting trees uh, nine hours away. Is that a is that a youth summers? No, it, it is actually what she was doing. It was a, a legitimate. I actually thought job. it was a filthy Canadian sex move. Actually, no, 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 no. I wish. Um, so you went and saw it, and did you and you and so you, when you came out of it, did you know that you liked it better than the other two? I liked it better. Yeah, I really liked it, and uh, I thought the toy line was horrendous. Horrible. But, yeah, I thought I thought like it had now taken a dump. Why don't we start with let's start with the let's start with Kilmer, a guy who I had enjoyed in things, and um, I think he I think he did a film did he do Thunderheart before Batman Forever? It was I don't a, know. It, it was I, a, I, you know I'm always a top secret guy. Um, top secret. You had Top Gun, which I think he's the best thing in it, and then you had um, that other one that he did, and then something else. So I by knew the way, was, I just want to point out that. Um, Oh, the doors. He did the doors. Yeah, he did, he did the doors. I freaking hate Tombstone. Um, <laughs> so Tombstone, Tombstone was before Batman Forever. Yeah, right? I, but I mean, okay. like, I never dug that movie. But like, I, but again, I could. I'm coming. I'm thinking coming into '95, Batman Forever, the Kilmer stuff that I'd, been, I hadn't been like, oh, Kilmer's the greatest. But it was like, oh yeah, that's a cool choice because he's. He's I thought good. it was a great choice. Yeah, you know, Tombstone. He's good in Tombstone. He's good in, um, you know, The Doors was is a horrible movie, but at least he. Was I like, like The Doors at the time. I haven't seen it in years. Oh boy! So, including the the naked Native American that walks around and gives him visions and stuff in that. Oh, you know what, dude? I haven't seen it since I saw it at my friend uh, Brian's okay, place so, on VHS. So, I'm going. Yeah, Kilmer. This is a good idea. He yeah. he just seems. And I've I've read the articles and I've seen the videos on YouTube. You can't dress this up and make it seem like he made these choices. He is completely disinterested in what he's oh, doing. Oh, yeah, I will a hundred percent. And and he say also that never, he is just walking through the movie. He never really does. He never really differentiates the Bruce Wayne voice from the Batman voice. No, if he does, no. it, it's only a, a, a smidge. Um, I never liked Chris O'Donnell, so he comes into this thing guns blazing. Oh, I, I did actually. He's, he's, okay. He's playing, he's playing a grown man, but he's playing him as if he's fourteen, like he's you know I'm gonna yeah there is I'm, a little I'm leaving. bit of thanks Al I'm gonna take off and this and that, but but even just like the Batmobile I'm going it's ridiculous. Why, 
why would you, if you're going to redesign it, which is dumb enough because you built this thing up to be. Well, you need to make new toys. But it's it's so, the Batmobile to me is everything wrong, you know, on design. It's horrible. What that movie is, because it's, because the, the defense of it, not you, but I'm saying people's defense of it can be, studio thought Burton was going too dark, let's lighten things up. And you go, okay, I'm I'm not against that. There's a way to make something interesting. In fact, there would be a way to do something, you know, a couple of years before the pop art thing that, you know, Myers did with, or a little bit of with Austin Powers, is you could really could have done something that, that sort of winked to the original show, but was not, didn't push the needle all the way that way. And this yeah. thing, like from the moment, you know, from the moment Carrie shows up, it's he's off the rails. You know, everybody in it is just even, you know, Kidman, everybody's every line is, Cole is vacuous in it. And, you know, like, um, you know, everything is kind of more more smart alecky and it's already chipping away at the legend of it. And like it's the car, right? The chicks dig the car. Chicks dig oh, the car. It, yeah. Like just things like that that just um, Bats but there, are there's some good, there's actually some good, you know, there's some some interesting it's you know, not action. a deep film it just has some beautiful visuals it's got some and... okay it's got some it's got some okay action in it here and there but but the problem with carrie is that he starts at 11 and goes to like 15 or 16 and the problem you with know. tommy jones is all tommy lee jones seemed to think his job was was to either match or go over the energy that carrie's giving in every scene so now you've got two Thank people back like lunatics in well, that, that's that's my problem with the film in cool. retrospect is not Jim Carrey, because Jim Carrey is there to do a job and that job is to be the Jerry Lewis. And Tommy Lee Jones's job is to be the Dean Martin, to be the straight man, the, the Bud Abbott. And for some reason, Tommy Lee Jones, who was just hired on name. Let's just face it. You know, he'd had a good year with the fugitive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he and he has like I remember watching interviews with him at that time. He's like, did you read any of the comics? He's like, no. Oh. And he just decided I'm going to try to out hit. And apparently he really hated Jim Carrey on this set. Yeah. So his two face is just basically like dollar store Joker. You know, um, and it's all but it's also even the design like like the design is so it the some of the design in that is so low budget. I, I realize yeah. it's like a hundred and twenty million dollar movie or whatever it was, 80, 90 million dollar movie. But like, let's give him a steel toed. Let's make him kind of sort of punkish on the left, but kind of. Yeah, I, I yeah, sort of, I, like the hair and the purple on the face and everything is just so. Everything is turned up to 15. So I'm saying the idea to do something lighter and maybe, you know, have a little more fun or, you know, pop art that the original show kind of gave you would have been nice. It would have been a nice it would have made the first two be a different thing than the next two, whatever. But it just turns everything all the way up. And it's this horrific. script. It hasn't it certainly hasn't aged well for me, but I enjoyed it at the time. And I was a fan of it at the time. But do I pop it on now? No. Uh, and it was a huge hit. It and, was um, mega. It was massive. It was and huge. it's funny, you know, I saw it I saw it again uh, with my friend Brian. And he, because he worked at a mall. 
And the projectionist at the movie theater in this mall said, you guys want like to watch Batman this afternoon? And I was like, sure, you know, like free movie. Right. And um, we watched Batman Returns and there was a birthday party of kids in it. Wait, wait, Returns or Forever? Sorry, Batman Forever. Oh, OK. And there yeah. was a birthday party of kids in the theater. And it was just a, we, we were just basically allowed. We knew this projectionist at right. the, the Bowmanville Mall. And right. uh, he, he just said, go, go watch a movie. I don't care. And it was kind of fun watching that with uh, a, a like a bunch of kids having fun in the movie theater. You know what I mean? Like it was infectious. Here yeah. are a bunch of like, you know, yeah. eight Again, year olds. I, I'm always of the mind that that you can the stuff that we grew up with, the stuff that we're talking about, these first two of, of a generation, there's darkness that we had in a lot of our stuff that didn't do us any harm. Yeah. The kids would have been. Kids would have been there screaming at, you know, Empire Strikes Back, but not really getting just how dark and scary and weird the whole thing is or whatever. So. So, yeah. So as a as a visual thing and just they're not going to get the, the 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 nuances that we are and sort of the the, the nitpicking that, that we do. It's you know, it's I totally get it. I, I but people tend to argue for it and, and not again, not saying you, but I think people tend to argue for it and the next one um, as. An yeah, it's it's not my an, hill to die on. As an antidote to the other two, because the 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 defense of it is well, it, but it's a comic book. It should be more, you know, it, it like like it's what I always say about Flash Gordon. You know, yeah. you don't have to like it. You can hate it. Whatever. It doesn't look. Nothing else looks like Flash Gordon. And, no, no. And that it it you know at a at a very different time in movie making, it really was trying to say this is the box of delights that the Alex Raymond art is. This is what this world looks like in 3D, you know, kind of form. And so it is more, you know, it is louder, more garish and everything. But even, you know, even that is, you know, is hardcore compared to, you know, forever. But forever is yeah. also, forever also is very violent. I mean, there's- It, 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 it has, it has its moments. Um, there's a lot of shooting and Two-Face shoots a bunch of people and- yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's I, I, I think if, if anything, it's not uh, for me, the film is marred now by two things. And that is one of them is that, you know, it's kind of silly. But the other part is that um, Tommy Lee Jones is acting just drives me crazy in it. You know, I just like what if he was the straight man to the Riddler? You know, it, 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 it actually it would have made I mean, I think Carrie you know, I think he kind of lost the plot at that point. Stuff was coming at him so fast that he just, yeah. he turned it all the way up. But if, if Jones had done something interesting or had a duality or toned it down, you know, you know, over half of what he was doing, then it, it might've been a little more, more bearable. But yeah. next, the thing that happens next is I never saw Batman and Robin in the theater. Hey, it's David Weiner, director of In Search of Tomorrow and In Search of Darkness, all those big, long documentaries. I'm the former editor of Famous Monsters of Filmland, too. This is about Jason and Brian, two men in the apocalyptic landscape, in the future, talking about the past, talking about nostalgia. They have crossed the 100 mark of podcasts, 100 episodes. That is an incredibly impressive feat. 
This is such a great podcast. I started listening to these two when they were simply a podcast that I had stumbled across and I started talking back to them. I wanted to participate. I was like, I know this stuff. This is, they're speaking to me. They're speaking to me. Anyway, they were gracious enough to make me their third chair a few times. I'm honored. Uh, The fact that they've crossed a hundred episodes, a hundred podcasts in this day and age, when it's really, really, really hard to maintain that with our lives that we live today. I think it's such an incredible feat. Jason, Brian, you guys rock. You guys know your stuff. You guys are so personable and you are to be commended. Congratulations, guys. I was very anti-George Clooney. I've learned to love him in many ways, but at the time, I thought he was very one note in everything he did. The way he looked at, at other characters, the way he kind of bobbed his head, the way he delivered lines, and it wasn't until Steven Soderbergh got him in Out of Sight a couple years later, and he told him he was doing that and said, you know, you do the thing with your head, like you keep bobbing, stop doing that. You keep looking at people, stop doing that. And that was that was the beginning of the change for George Clooney and doing much more interesting things. Out of Sight is a definite game changer for me and Clooney as is oh brother where art thou absolutely, um, absolutely. And, uh, those that's when I started going oh he's he's not that bad you know yep. um, he's stretching but at the time yeah. so, so when his name was thrown out for Batman I went it's it's you know it's about the mouth it's about the mouth Keaton's got a great mouth Tomer's got, <laughs> Actually, Tomer's got great Clooney doesn't have Clooney doesn't have a mouth can't do this. What, what, what was funny was um, I there used to be a local movie reviewer uh, named um, jo- uh, uh, Bob McAdory here. Mm-hmm. And Bob McAdory was a good critic. He, he wasn't a snob. And um, he had a point about Batman movies. He's like, any stuntman can play Batman. It doesn't matter who's playing Batman. It just how, has to be. How dare um, I, I always liked that line though, because he was like basically saying he just has to look good in the suit. But that's but that's uh, not but that's not true though, because because inherently the 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 point is you have to not look ridiculous in the suit delivering lines. And well, if that's, you're playing it, yeah. If you're playing it like too understated or not like there's shots in that first Batman that are just it's so like the the interplay between him and, and Basinger in the in the cave. And, you know, just seeing her for the, you know, like with the car and everything, like the lighting, the way he's looking at her, the, the his, his, he just, he, you just go, you forget how good he was in it and how much, how excited I am to see him again. Um, but you realize like he's doing a lot with very little. And then he is playing a very different character as Bruce Wayne. He's not like, hey, I'm the crazy playboy falling into fountains and stuff, but he's doing something very different. So we still have to get to to Christian Bale, speaking of falling into oh, yeah. So let's go back. Okay, let's go with Clooney. So I never saw it in the theater. I think I've seen it once all the way through, maybe. I did try <laughs> watching it again a couple of weeks ago, and I, I just had to, I had to stop. So we, uh, we, we did, this is the first Batman movie I did not see at the premiere. And this is the burgeoning online world. You know, I'm 26 at the mm-hmm. time, and, and, you know, I've got a little laptop, and 
we're going on AOL and I, I think I might have gone to Aiden Cool News and read my first, you know, fan review of a film. And it did say this is a stinker. And I thought, well, well you know, what do you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember when we went. I think we just went like on Saturday night or something like that. And I remember watching it with my girlfriend, now my wife. And, you know, I think it was, you know, when Batman go, hi, Freeze, I'm Batman. And they did the chicks dig the car joke again. That really bothered me. And then they put the skates on and they're skating. And I, I turned to her and went, this isn't very good. Yeah. And, and, and I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, uh, it's where, I don't know where to start because it really just, it, it didn't be, and again, because Forever did so well. The they let Joel Schumacher just it's like make this giant toy commercial. Keep going, you know. You made you made a candy commercial. Now just just put you know do the Lickamade stuff. Just put sugar on everything and OD because that. And is, I super duper hate the casting of Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. She was well, the it girl. That, that and um, I was keen on the Schwarzenegger idea. I thought that was kind of cool. And Thurman I liked at that point. You know she had done great stuff but there's a name there's a name that starts to kind of get woven into comic book things that is still an ongoing (laughs) career to this day in all kinds of things and that is mr akiva goldsman oh yeah i believe his his fingerprints are on forever i'm pretty sure they're on batman and robin and all kinds of things that you can point to and again as we always say this thing is someone's favorite Batman movie or whatever. I totally get it. I actually know a guy that Batman Batman and Robin is his favorite. And it's like, oh, yeah. no, he's, he's, he's a normal human being. Um, um, it's just I, one I, of those things. It, it just it just um, it just be, it just was. And I don't think anybody really wanted it because it didn't do well. And of course, that, Bumped, was, yeah. that was the death knell for for that that iteration but it didn't it didn't sit around for long like it it sort of it wasn't too long after that they already started talking to you well Well, there was there was talks about another sequel yeah well it was i think it was going to be either like a a batman and superman thing or a justice because i think i Mm. think wolfgang peterson had the justice league thing that might have happened and then it became george miller yeah and then came you know there's all these things that are starts and stops the aronofsky Batman that was going to happen. Um, uh, Boaz Yakin um, was Yoakum, or Boaz Yoakum was going to do a. Oh, I just wanted to point out too, the Batman and Robin toy line is awful. It, it's awful. It's, yeah, I, I forgot it even happened. Yeah. But it's just, it's just. Although, although one of those, it might have been Forever. I think maybe it was Forever. They made some mini play sets that were like, you know the sculpted head of Kilmer that you, the head. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Those are kind of cool. Those are kind of, those pop up online. I go, that's kind of cool. Like if they did that for the, why doesn't somebody do, I love mini play sets. I love those little things. I think that's such a fun idea. The sculpted head. And then the tiny little scene from, um, my dinner with Andre would be great if they did more stuff like this. Um, the head of Wallace Shawn. Oh my God. It's all this limbo, uh, in the interim of, what kind of film is going to come next? Of course, what's also happening 
is the nonstop madness of Superman Lives. Oh yeah, with, with, with who the hell I remember Bert and John yeah. and Nicholas Cage and Kevin Smith and everybody else and their mother that was involved with that. The only thing I've ever liked Peter. about that film is and Chris Rock is Jimmy Olsen was um the only thing I've ever liked about that film was the notion that when Superman dies in the film Keaton was going to do a cameo as Batman. That See, was a rumor was a about that. Or heard that, but I know that Burton, and you talk about like just not being suited for something. It's kind oh of my like, god, he's the worst Superman director ever. And now that we've seen all the stuff that sort of come out about, I got to visit the office once. I know a guy. In fact, instead, in fact, um, Steve Kozak, the gentleman who is uh, EPing the Star Wars Holiday Special documentary that I'm, I got a co-EP credit on. He knew a guy that was in the design department at Warner Brothers working on Superman Lives. And we worked on a, a show together in the late 90s. And one day he's like, hey, we're, I'm going to go ahead and meet him for lunch. Do you want to come with? And so I got to go into those offices where all the designs are. And even in that meeting, when I met this dude, I, I remember just, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't being, I was like, hey, why is this taking so long? Like, what's the, what's the, pro like, how come, you know, like it's it seemed like you guys have been working at this for a while and the dude looked at me he's like i'll tell you the problem the problem is john peters he said the problem is you get him into this room and start talking about designs and you know in the first 30 seconds he's already drifting and then if he sees a boom box in the corner he'll suddenly go it should be like that something like this like it should and you're like really you want the yeah. ship boom box you go yeah more like a boom box and then they'd all have to do it all over again and scrap what they had and of course, he didn't want Superman to fly, which is the first. But all that yeah. mad, all that madness is going on. That, that'll, yeah. Everyone's waiting for another another uh, uh, Batman series. And so I'm not sure when I first heard about Nolan uh, doing this, but of course, knew who Nolan was because of Memento and Insomnia. Um, and so right out the gate, I was like, yeah, this guy, that's a cool name. Like, like. Like Aronofsky, I, I knew who he was, and I thought, ah, that could be to this or to that. But Nolan seems to know what he's doing with kind of the thriller kind of aspect of things, Hitchcock kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm very excited about it. And then Bale, I thought, was great. So when I heard his name, I great went, Great oh, casting, yeah. Great casting, that's great. And that one, I just rewatched, and I realized, again, I haven't seen it all the way through, and I can't even remember when. Um, I forgot how good that movie is. I, um, it's, I think that might be my favorite iteration of Batman. Because when, when it kicks off, when you get to the midway point and things start to kick off, I think it is wonderful from that point on. It's like once you, you get through the origin thing, when he's you know doing Batman stuff, like all the choices made are really good choices. And it, I think it holds up really, really well, uh, that mm -hmm. first yeah, and, and and I want to point out because this is something that bothers me in the Keaton iteration, and 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 other iterations is that like Batman straight up kills people in all those films, and he, he does. You're in you're the two Keatons for sure. Yeah, he sets people on fire, he machine guns people, yeah. and you're just sitting there like, uh, big problem with that, you know? Yeah. Like that's not Batman. And also, this is the first time you're starting to see a little bit of detective work. You know, the one thing yes. Batman's supposed to be. It's not great because... 
you get a smidge. You get, get a smidge. smidge. You get a taste. You get a taste in 89 Batman. Yeah. When he's figuring out how the chemicals combine and how these mm-hmm. things gives her his research. I don't think you get anything in returns. You, you certainly don't get anything in the other two, the Schumacher ones. <laughs> the Schumacher ones but are just, yeah. They're... You do get the sense that he's kind of, you know, detecting more. And you figured we might have seen more of it had we not had to have the, you know, the origin thing. Um, and, and you're starting also to see the Gotham is now more realistic, you know. Um, more realistic. He, gra- he grounded them all. But I will say that I think Bale is most suited for the role in that first film. I, I think he's excellent in that first film. Yeah. He's great as Bruce Wayne. He's great as, you know, douchey Bruce Wayne. He's great at some of the little kind of, you know, winking at Lucius Fox, like, eh, does it come in black? You know, that kind of, it has those kinds of lines. Again, very James Bond. It's very. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that always sets it apart for me is the end. Like, first of all, you know, I, I like, the, it's the one film that, that managed to juggle two villains well. You yes. Know, and let's, with the let's Scarecrow. The two villains, right? Yeah. I mean, two wonderful actors. Yeah. And they, they're giving it 100% without, without they're, they're keeping it grounded as well, even though it's kind of fantastical. And both of them are fantastic in it. They're just great. Yeah, no, and um, it it's just the perfect, you know, juxtaposition and... Um, I love the ending. I, I absolutely love the ending. One, because it has one of our favorite Pod Stallions actors in it, Shane Rimmer. And uh, the other reason is um, the the name, like I don't, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Yeah, is a really, you know, that's Batman. You know, like here's, it here's nails what I, it. Here's what I love watching it again. The three things that stood out to me. One is, like I said. Bale is most suited in this first one because he gets the voice right. Um, even though the design, the headgear and everything got better as the movies went on, um, it, it was its own thing and it looked it looked fine. But but his his delivery is great. Even when he when he gets the cop upside down and like swear to me. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I love so, that line. It's brilliantly done. It's great. He, yeah. he loses he loses the plot in the next two, I think, sadly. Well, yeah, but and I, I think I think you totally, and I might have some interesting uh, concepts on that. Yeah. In, in this one, but um, the the thing about Nolan is he was heavily influenced by the Bond films because and it shows the but the the Neil Adams stuff that you're talking about the, in that that 70s run was very influenced by On Your Majesty's Secret Service. The kid, mm. Bruce Wayne was much more grounded. I think he was living in one of the, like, Wayne Tower. The Wayne Foundation. And Robin was Wayne in Foundation. school. And he was, and and they sort of had a more grounded feel to some of the stories. Um, so I'm watching this climax going, this is very Bond. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I forgot Shane Rimmer's in this. And I'm like, this could be, this is this is Nolan's, like, little nod to Spy Who Loved Me or something. And yeah. grab. Shane Rimmer. I mean, it, I don't think Shane Rimmer did a, you know, audition with a hundred other guys to get the part. I think, <laughs> like, I think no. Yeah, was, if Ed if, Bishop was alive, he'd be right next to him. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, so it's great. And then, um, and then uh, Dark Knight, which I, which you know, without you know dissecting and everything, um, is great. I, I, it's terrific. 
Um, I, I think don't... it's a really good Batman, or it's a really good movie. I really enjoy it. I mean, Heath Ledger's Joker is really interesting. I don't think it's a good Batman movie. Well, I just think the, it's a really good movie. Here's what I was going to say. I forgot to say this yeah. about Begins. If we were going to say, like, take out Commissioner Gordon, take out Tommy Lee Jones, there's no two ways about it. Take out Katie Holmes from that. She 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 just does not does not really belong in that in she's not on the caliber of everybody else in that. And I just I just don't I never really I don't want her to you know I don't I don't know how she got replaced actually. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Is, oh. But but when we get to the second one, that's the thing. It's like it's it's bigger in scope. Keith takes center stage. There's some great set pieces and all the way I'd say from beginning to about the midway point maybe, or the confrontation between uh, Joker and Batman in the, at the police station. Once it gets to, once it gets to Dent and Rachel, you know, kidnapped and when that whole thing, I think it starts to go off the rails is how I I agree. Um, Once the Joker kind of like, yeah, I, the Dent part, it's again, two villain syndrome. Uh, I am a big fan of the film. I really like it. Um, I own Begins and um, and 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 The Dark Knight on Blu-ray, but Begins is my favorite. Um, yeah, I think it's the best of the three, easily. easily. It's starting to turn into a James Bond film. Uh, you could take the Joker, and you could take Batman out of that movie, and it would still be a good movie. Do you know what I mean? Like it could just be crazy gangster versus vigilante. And you'd still go, yeah, that's a really that's an awesome but, movie. But you know what's funny is some of it is some of it is in the writing too. And again, I realize this is really splitting hairs. But when I watch Begins, like everything coming out of Jonathan Crane's mouth, however villainous or sleazy, you know, would you like to see my mask? Okay, let me get my mask. You know, just the way his delivery, Aaron Eckhart, those lines like, you know. Or, okay, well, then you're the hero long enough until you become the villain. And then some days you get up and you have a headache and you would like it, it start. People started to talk in a way that like like Eckhart is a great actor, but he's doing something in this that's like it's 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 it feels like some of these are like first takes, like even the scenes with Oldman, you know, Oldman's on a certain level and Eckhart's just being a little bigger with things. And then mm. when, he, when he does the turn. As Two Face, it really you really have to buy that he's you don't you don't you know watch that animated series two parter again the first Two Face one and how he's oh, got the, the, the Batman the animated series like you can't top the Mister Freeze when he's but in when that Dent, when, yeah. when when Harvey Dent in that first two parter he's got anger issues he's got issues he's got a yeah. voice in his head that's already talking to him. Well, when he goes off the rails as Two-Face and he's had this psychotic break or whatever, you don't see you don't see anything giving us an idea that this is a guy that might snap at any point mm-hmm. in the film prior. So so you have to buy that, but what I really don't like about it is the ending. Spoilers if no one's seen it. But the we have to make Batman make me the villain and let the, the Gotham. Yeah, so- that's that's I agree. That was I a just weird cannot, choice. I cannot figure out for the life of me how that got spun that this is the way to go with this this character that the city's just kind of aware of and just sort of taking to as a bit of a hero kind of thing why they would make that choice in the right and i've always hated that i hated that and then that led to the third one that i you know i just i have an opinion um 
I think the third one, in its attempt, in Christopher Nolan's attempt to ground everything, the third one to me is campier than the Adam West show. I would say it's at least on par. Yeah, I hate the third one. I I saw it in the theater, and I remember this, this, very interestingly enough, I saw all of these films alone because either we had very small children or my kids would be um, visiting their grandparents. Right. You know, so I never I never saw um, any of these films with anyone. And I can honestly remember during Batman Begins and during the Dark Knight, I never wanted to like pee during the movie, you know, Um, during during. um, Well, you know, like and during the dark knight returns i just walked out and went pee like i was or no that, sorry the dark knight that, rises i was like yeah that, that's care. Bri- that's brian's review that's the yeah. quote that's the quote on the poster i, I just don't care because I just walked out and peed yeah well yeah it just i mean like i was like i gotta pee all right i don't give a well crap. it's first of all you again you're you're and someone someone pointed this out at some point i was like really is that and they said the little kid that he gives his periscope to, yeah, is, in the first is, one, yeah, it's, uh, is it's, supposed to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the third one. Oh no, I didn't know that. And you're like, what is that the case? Because that's the how much time has passed between these movies. You get to the third one, not only is he a Howard Hughes like rec- he's already a dipshit. He's telling the 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 world that Bruce Wayne's a, a billionaire, you know, drunk that burned his house down in the first movie. He's He's, you know, uh, absent, you know, for most of the second one, or he's off on a yacht with, you know, the, the ballerine, ballet or the Russian ballerina or something. And now in the third one, he's his body is so damaged and beaten. He, no one's seen him in years. He can barely walk. He's, he goes to the doctor and they say, you're missing a leg and you've got no lungs and your head's made of rubber. And like, yeah, what, OK, well, I'll just put this leg brace on and go out and fight crime again. Like all the choices made just seem like it's it's all the subtitle could have been, we can't wait to get the hell out of here. Like, like we were so keen to start this and now yeah, it, it feels like up. a hasty exit from a, like, I don't think Batman needs to be a trilogy, you know, Well, it could be a trilogy, but you go, well, yeah, you're right. I think it should have been open-ended. It shouldn't have been a trilogy, but it, it could, you, again, you have nothing for Batman to do other than be slow on the uptake, uh, lose everything you know, he never would be let dumb him. as a post, be dumb as a post. He no one would ever leave him alive. This monster would not leave him alive. And then he'd escape. How long was he in the prison for? What do you think? And then everything goes. It's 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 ambitions are ridiculous. But worst and, of all. And also, OK, what's the first? Of well, all? I was say worst of all. And I know this is like a million memes and cliches and whatever. You know, Tom Hardy's is a pretty. Is, is a pretty I love good. Tom Hardy. He's, 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 he's good. He's good. But, you know, there's a lot of Tom Hardy that you go, what's the accent you're doing? Is that you <laughs> or is that are you supposed to be Brooklyn or are you Australian? Like he doesn't you even keep an not picture Bane in a pith helmet. He doesn't even keep an accent going through <sighs> through through Mad Max. He doesn't even keep the accent at the beginning of Mad Max. The VO is like Australian. And then it just starts to kind of disappear as the movie yeah. And it goes on. Jason, I just want to give you a little bit of my personal history. When I was a kid, we used to rent a cottage. And we rented a cottage next to a guy named the Colonel. And he was this old guy. Like this is but probably like this is this was nineteen seventy eight. This guy was in his seventies. And I remember like I'd wake up in the morning and the colonel would be marching on the shuffleboard court, you know. 
like him already. And 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 he brought his personal physician and his new wife, you know. And I just remember, like, I would sit and listen to this guy. He'd be like, yes, well, I, you know, I served in India. <laughs> and, yeah, this guy was a cartoon. And that's the Bane accent. Like, yeah, I, I, think you're, I think you're even, even that, what you just said, is being yeah. way, you're even that's being way too kind to what <laughs> this thing is. Because my thing is, you go, okay, you know, and you hear Nolan's interview going, I don't know if he's, you know, because his face will be covered up. And did Tom want to do this? Because you wouldn't see his face. And could he really do it? Yeah, and what, what you already know, you already know you're not going to see his face. Thing. You're this device on his face. You're not going to see Tom Hardy's face. And he's yeah. kind of a, the hunky guy. I get it. But you got his face covered up. But then it's like, whatever he's doing on set, whatever voice he's doing on set in this, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you is not the voice that you get in looping. That's not the voice they went in and recorded. So whatever he was doing on set, then they had to go, we need to get in a studio and have you do these these lines again. And then once again, but I'm saying whatever, however bad he might've been on set, that's the point that Nolan could come in and go, listen, I, know, I think I know where you're trying to go with this voice, but listen, when we do the, the actual dubbing, you know, cause, cause we never see your mouth, we're gonna need to work on this, but no. It, it's and it's like what what the fuck and then there's there's moments i swear to god to you there's moments in that movie that it is not swear to me to me it is not tom hardy doing the voice i promise you they got someone <laughs> else to do some looping for that movie to not pay tom hardy and it, it was this, sam jones you know, do you know the moment do you know the moment that they when when batman goes underground and starts to fight him it's yeah. right, right in there. And there's a couple of lines that you're like, that's that's not that's not tough. It, it goes from like, and then it becomes, would you like to come and see my flower bed and see what the birthday? And you're just like, whoa, 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 go back. The best go back the, thing that wasn't about Tom Hardy. What the fuck? That, this the, is a this is a four hundred billion dollar movie. And yeah. and nobody goes, nobody, nobody's sitting around listening to those lines in recording had the guts to go, I think this is going to be a problem. I think people are going to make fun of this when it comes out. And from the moment yeah. it hit, all anybody did was make fun of Bane and the way he yeah. talked. And I how think the greatest legacy it. that movie has is the Harley Quinn show that I really like, that cartoon. Bane talks like that in that cartoon. Oh, See, oh, and, oh and he's, he's a joke, and it's funny. Because I hate the character of Bane, by the way. I just want to point it's, that it's, out. Well, he it's is also, why are we doing a gimmick? Like, and I think, and I wonder if that was like the the Sam Raimi, like you have to put venom in this. Okay, well I'm gonna get Topher Grace to play the big football. Yeah, I, I hate this, line. so I'm gonna yeah. Like somebody pushed him to put Bane in it, and he went, okay, well I'm gonna do him as this this British. Like the, it's just so much of it is is even the thing between him and Alfred that Alfred doesn't give him the note. Like you just go, where is the team that did yeah. Batman in? It's like what happened. Yeah. To this. Oh yeah, no, I, I I think that movie is okay. So we agree on that. But yeah, then, oh yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, over here we're getting all this Superman action happening. We've got Brian Singer Superman that happens. No, yeah, in, and, in the, and and we've got the greatest Catwoman movie ever. Oh, we never Pat discussed Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. Catwoman. I like Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. Eh, eh, all right. Yeah, as Catwoman, that's all we I, need. I would take Halle Berry over Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. Let me, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but. Um, so then we get all the, we get well, the, you know where I stand on Halle Berry's Catwoman. 
I know where you I know where you'd like to stand on Halle Berry's Catwoman. Let me tell Actually, you. You know what? It's it's not an attraction thing. I just think I that film is the merely, greatest piece of cringe the, ever. Merely the acting chops. So then you get so then we get Man of Steel, which is another episode into itself. We can talk about yes. all. The, yeah, I really the, want to get into that, but I don't want to get into the brilliance it of that. But then we get Batman versus Superman. Now we and have this a, was this is one uh, this is the one thing like I think I was there for the Keaton announcement. I think the Affleck announcement was worse. The reaction, um, and well, I, I don't didn't. Think any, I don't think anybody really wants it. Like he had, he didn't, he hasn't done anything with the, with the part. It's it's a modulated voice. He's again, I like that. and I I don't necessarily think it's. I I can't believe I'm standing up for for Affleck, but I don't think it's necessarily his his fault. But I mean, the premise of Batman versus Superman is. Batman's been doing his thing for a while. He hates Superman because of, you know, him saving the, the planet. And so he makes it his mission to try to kill him. And then the time, the moment he doesn't is because their moms have the same name. I mean, again, even on paper, you go, how did we get here? How did this happen? And I realize there's there's tons of people that love the Snyderverse and love the And they're they're welcome. They're welcome to it. They're welcome to have it. And I've seen all of it. So. I've at least tried with this stuff. While I think that Affleck gave it a gave it a good go, you know, and at times he looks kind of cool, and there's some cool things that that happen. I think all of it again is so poorly thought out and so rushed that um, I I don't even know. Let's let me ask you this: what which which of what Snyder has done would you point to for Batman and go? I think that that bit there or that scene or whatever that's that's where it's the best interpretation of the snyder batman i um okay first of all i'm not a giant Zack snyder fan uh i think he he's a very competent director but he should not be allowed near any sort of writing and batman versus superman is a like i i have the I became fascinated with the film and I bought the Blu-ray and the, the stuff cut out of it drives me crazy. Cause it's like, why would you cut this out? It's important. It's still a big, dumb mess. It's just a less dumb mess. If you watch all the shit cut out of it. So no, um, no, I have the, I have the Blu-ray of like the, the ultimate cut. I think it's called. It's yeah. Like, yeah. There's some stuff in there. That's like, why is this? Hey, Jason and Brian, this is Chris Cummins from Sci-Fi Explosion. I really just wanted to congratulate you on 100 amazing episodes of Pod Stallions. This show is like such a lifeline to me. Listening to every episode is like listening to conversations with my friends. Uh, and I just I just think you guys are doing the best work. And I wish you all the success for 100, 1,000 more episodes. Thanks, guys. Keep up the amazing work. But I know you will. I became fascinated with the film and I bought the Blu-ray and the, the stuff cut out of it drives me crazy. Cause it's like, why would you cut this out? It's important. It's still a big, dumb mess. It's just a less dumb mess. If you watch all the shit cut out of it. So no, um, no, I have the, I have the Blu-ray of like the, the ultimate cut, I think it's called. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's some stuff in there. That's like, why is this not in the film? Okay. It's so important to the story, but that's the thing. I do not think Zack Snyder can tell a story very well. Having said that, um, I think he listened to his critics and I do like the Snyder cut, but, um, I like Ben Affleck. I feel like Ben Affleck is almost collateral damage 
in a terrible, terrible movie. And um, well, yeah, because we I more- do have to tell you, though, like I like his I like him and Jeremy Irons as Bruce and Alfred. Um, and I like his idea of being kind of like an older, tired Batman, which unfortunately I know for a fact was heavily influenced by Frank Miller. Uh, I know the branding was influenced by Frank Miller. Um, someone told me that, um, I like Jeremy boots. Jeremy Irons is a perfect Alfred. I like his boots in, yeah, in. As Alfred, I like his his uh, his riding boots that he wears. No, but and, uh, but the, the the best scene I would have to say, I'm sorry, I keep banging my mic. The thing that I really enjoy about Batman v Superman is that warehouse scene is one of the best Batman action scenes when he ever comes filmed. Beats the guys up in the warehouse. Yeah, for Martha yeah. Wayne there. Or Martha, oh, yeah. the, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, I've said this a million times on this show, and I don't care what kind of hate mail I get. I freaking love the Watchmen film. I, I, mm. I love it. I love the HBO I series. like it. It's not a fun watch, but I but like it. Thing is, um, I, what I'm saying is I, you know, I had no problem with the, the Dawn of the Dead remake. And mm-hmm. 300 was, yeah, it's fine. It was, you know, and it's just a, you know, it's like it, a, it was a good adaptation. It was of a good adaptation. It's source material. So when yeah. he was, you know, when Watchmen happened, I was on board and I happened to absolutely Love it. And it's something I go back to quite a bit. So I was mm-hmm. excited that he could do something, something with this universe. But sadly, he kind of took the darkness into, you know, into all of it. Yeah, and yet, unfortunately. It, and I don't I like what he did with the DC universe. I agree with you on the writing aspect as well. It should just somebody else. And I think there's a lot of Jeff Johns in a lot of this stuff. And I don't think he yeah. should be anywhere near it, frankly. I would agree with uh, you. I, I think it's I think when you look at like. Uh, the Wonder Woman, like his casting's even good. You know what I mean? Like I love Cavill as Superman. I like to Fleck as Batman. I think Gal Gadot is amazing. Um, you know, here's the thing about Cavill, though. I, I, again, on paper, you go, yeah, he looks great. He he never gets to he never he never gets to be Superman in the in no, these, and that's the writing. Just, and he never gets to be Clark Kent. I mean, his Clark no. Kent and Superman are the same thing. You never get to see him. Being kind of smiley, happy-go-lucky Clark that's you know putting on a face for everybody else. I, I would love to see and that then, dude get a good movie. And then Affleck, well, he was <laughs> he was great. He was great in Mission Impossible. He was great in. No, um, what I mean is he. I loved him in The Man from Uncle. But uh, what I mean is, uh, I would love to see him in a good Superman movie. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to get it. But the but then it's just darkness on, upon darkness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the and the and Affleck, I just go, you know, he's he's he's. I don't know. Sometimes, like, I, you know, that freaking he did two things this year or last year that I'm astounded. Like, really? He, he's great. One is the Clooney directed uh, Amazon film. I forget the name of it, but he's he's like this kid's uncle that kind of, you know, mentors him through life at a, at a, at a, you know, in the 70s in, 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 uh, in New York or Jersey, whatever it is. He's great. Yeah. And he's great in The Last Duel. And you go, if he gets the right material, like yeah. Gone Girl or something like that, I don't I don't despise the guy, but he just he just seemed disinterested the whole time he was he was playing Batman. And I don't think it's and and again, you got this very surface level of detecting. There's very little yeah, of there's, it. There's very little of it, yeah. He know, also he also will admit publicly that he, he feels that he failed. As Batman. Um, well, it's curious uh, because he was set to do 
He was set to direct. Yeah, he's set to do the movie that we're about to talk about. Yeah, the Batman. So I wonder if they started, if they wiped all that clean and started fresh with with Reeves. So I'll start the Batman, and I'm just going to say off the top, I absolutely loved it, and I can't wait to see it again. And I would say that that Batman one holds a special place for a million reasons. Um, but this to me is, you know, this would be next to Keaton would be the best depiction of Batman I think they've ever they've ever had on screen. And mainly because um we didn't have to do any origin stuff. We didn't have and that to, was a breath that was a real breath of fresh air. And my God, he got to be a detective. He got to be a detective for the first time in a story like this. And I just I freaking loved it. I just loved it. I saw it uh, this Friday at a little tiny theater on Front Street in Toronto. And, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the film. Um, and this is funny because we talked about this in our last episode, the Planet of the Apes films. I like Matt Reeves movies. Mm-hmm. I, I like going to see them. I I enjoy um I, I always think they're well done. I have a smile on my face while I'm watching them. And then I never watch them again. <laughs> and uh, this is another example of that where, like, my wife was gaga over this film. I'll I'll be honest with you. And I was like, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Well, you know? again, um, it's, it's like, but I mean, I'd have to quantify what we've said about Matt Reeves. The reason it's hard for me to watch those movies is mainly because... It hits you emotionally. It hits me emotionally. It's like, I don't need to, this one, this one is, is stealing from, you know, every kind of detective or a little bit of, you know, Zodiac and a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of seven in there kind of, but certainly not as graphic or dark as seven. He gets to be a detective. You introduce, she was terrific as Catwoman. Uh, uh, Paul. Oh, Zoe Kravitz is, is uh, a fantastic Catwoman. Paul Dano was wonderful because you see you know he's in a mask most of the time but every delivery he sort of gave i loved i loved commissioner gordon in this movie and yeah um, he was really like i like that actor but i thought he was really good jeffrey wright like he's i've yeah. loved him since basquiat like everything he's he's ever done he's been terrific in and he's, he's a bit of a chameleon but in this what i loved about it was from the from and again we're not going to get into spoilers because a lot of people probably haven't seen it but you've seen this in the trailer from the from the very early on first off you get vo you get a voiceover from from Bruce Wayne slash Batman which is very comic booky that you've never gotten we we really haven't had that in a, in a Batman movie and then when you get to the crime that that shot of him going into a room with a bunch of cops I I felt like what it what it did regardless of how imposing Pattinson is or how tall he is, it doesn't really matter. It gave you the sense that just his footsteps, the way that the boots kind of, the sound of the boots kind of hitting the floor sort of, that he was this this imposing kind of character that kind of the cops kind of, you know, go aside. But you go, oh, we've maybe we've done this before. Maybe he's shown up to a crime scene before and Gordon has, has put, you know, put the word out. And I now- loved that about the film. Because his name is on the thing, it's like, you know, let's get him here. And you you go, well, there's a bit of a partnership going on with these two. And this is this would be the reason that that Gordon would be like, well, maybe you you're better at this than some of the guys I got on my team. Like, well, why don't you take a look at this, see what you think? And I thought it did a really good job of 
of of giving us that. And I, I didn't everyone always talks about that. It's, you know, it's almost three hours long. I never felt like it was. I felt like I just I wanted more of this. Like it 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 the pace was really good for me as well. I did have some issues with pacing. Um, I did find that it dragged a bit for me. There were scenes like I feel I'm not an editor, but I feel like I could have I could have taken 15 minutes off this movie. Um, I mean, you know, it's probably there were a couple of mopey scenes that I I feel. And look, I thought it was an excellent film and people should see it. But um yeah, I, I felt like it well, was I mean, just 15, 15 minutes out of a, you know, I mean, that's I guess you're entitled. You know, I, I could I, if you if you put a gun to my head and said, take 10 minutes out, I'm sure I could. But I don't think anything was there that you're I, I don't think it was like, oh, boy, when is this? When are they going to get to the like? It's it's a great mystery. There's a lot of characters going around. There's a, you have to pay attention to the the characters, the names, etc. It's the thing between him and the Riddler's great. Um, and then the sort of twists toward the end of what this whole thing's about and how. Yeah, I really. Uh, and I guess we can talk spoilers, right? So spoilers, spoilers. Greetings, everyone. I'm Matt Weinhold from the Monster Party podcast, wishing Pod Stallions a happy 100th episode. I'm sure you'll all remember that I was the guest on the episode called Dalek Grab Bag. So, in the spirit of Davros, I order Brian Hyler and Jason Lindsay to... Sell upright! Sell upright! Sell upright! Turn us off now if you haven't seen the movie. Yeah, turn us off now. Um, the scene with him and the Riddler in the, uh, the you know, the Arkham there was fantastic. You know, yeah. I really thought the Riddler had... Um, cracked the yes code. yes and i thought wow that was good like i you know building that tension and having that scene that was that was excellent and, and i want to say uh, pattison's amazing he's, he's a yeah. really I, i've liked him as an actor um you know since i saw him in a movie i think it's called good time but then you know the lighthouse like I, I, the guy's got chops he, he's yeah a good actor. One, yeah he's one of these guys that you go you see him in stuff and you go, all right, yeah, he's okay. And then the twilight thing exploded and you go, I guess I can't, I don't hate the guy, but the movies are so The movies are, so the movies are crap. But, then, but yeah. then every choice he seemed to make after that, I think yeah. first working with Cronenberg and then the Safdie movie, the Safdie brothers movie, and then the other one out in space, which is a really strange film. Um, but he's, you know, he's like a, he's on a, stuck on a spaceship with some other criminals out in space, um, which is really good. Um, and you know, just little things he'd sort of pop up and he was, he was the best thing in Tenet, I think he was, I never saw that. Yeah. Easily the best thing in that. But I thought he did a terrific job because he, I just bought it from the moment he's there. I go, yeah, this is how we, and I feel like the, some people have said like, well, it's, you know, it's not much difference between Bruce Wayne. I think he's still figuring Bruce Wayne out. I I think he's still, still yeah. Like I I like figuring out what to show the world, what, what to show that Bruce Wayne is to the rest of the world, kind of. He's yeah, figured- I, I liked the idea that hey, I'm gonna we're gonna introduce you to this Batman, but he's established. Yeah, I think nobody had a problem with that. I don't think anyone walked into that film and went, oh, I need to see his parents die. You yeah. know, and and, 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 and 
I think it's immediately better for it that you go, this is, I mean, could it have been done 30 years ago? You, you, you make your, you make a Batman movie and don't show this stuff. Well, no, but it was just, we don't need to, you know, harp on it and just come right out of the gate and, and give it to us and give us an adventure. And it seemed like that was one of the biggest advantages that it had, that it hits the ground running and it never lets up. I mean, it really, you know, you said there's a couple spots that get a little moody or whatever, but, but even the, even the exchanges between him and, and Catwoman, like even, even those bits of dialogue, like it never gets bogged down with anything. No, um, no I, I, I enjoyed the film. I, I'm not going to say thing, that. The one thing I'd say that's a, that's a weird, it's not a complaint, but it's a weird thing to point out as I'm, you know, it didn't, it didn't change anything either way for me. John Turturro. I can't, I can't okay. think of a, I can't think of a movie where John Turturro has just played a monster or a villain of a person. In and fact, so when you see, I had him, to say to my wife, was that John Turturro? Well, you you kind of go like, I don't. You you have to really let go of everything you've ever seen him in to go. He's a real, you know, he's a scumbag in this thing. Like he's really he's really a, a bad guy. So if anything that that his his previous stuff kind of goes against him where you're like he's really he's he's it's hard it's hard to dislike him because of all the you know he doesn't really do uh nasty uh characters no um, and in fact i didn't know it was him yeah. uh and he's doing a full what is that mobster that looked like that was it sam giancana he was you doing know, a very throwback thing, yes. Yeah, it, or was it Lucky Luciano? I think it was a Lucky Luciano where he's got the, the shades on all the time, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, God, he was good in that. Um, in fact, I, I didn't, I, there's nobody that was bad in this film for me. Um, I'm a huge Riddler fan. And, yeah, I, you know, I think it was my daughter's like, do you want a guy? giggling in green spandex in a movie you're gonna go see that you know and i'm like no and um yeah i, I get it he's you know they, they did a serial killer thing but and that's not really my thing I don't, I don't dig that stuff but even then you know he's killing terrible people well you know so it's like more of a seven thing you know and that's what, and then the, you know, you've got the Zodiac thing with the cipher, and you've got the, you know, him trying to figure it out, and you've got, you know, Gordon, and it's like you never really see anything too violent or too, yeah, too awful. But speaking of villains, I mean, <laughs> talk about going from from a disservice to one character back in 1992, but doing something completely different in this new film, Colin Farrell, yeah, the Penguin was like what the hell what's he up to here it was like oh my god like he's and colin farrell's one of those guys that that again i've never disliked but he was so ubiquitous when he first hit and then he hit the talk shows and he'd be oh well you know i can't believe oh i said fuck didn't i oh i shouldn't have said shit oh and he just would start swearing up a storm and everybody had to beep him and oh isn't he charming he's from ireland and he swears a lot and then he kind of started to do things like In Bruges and these different kind of films. Yeah, what's that movie he did? I, I think a, was it Colin Farrell who did that film? Oh, where he, they go to um, 
a dating place in the future, and if you don't hook up with somebody, you get turned into an animal? Oh, yeah, the lobster. The lobster. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And, then the, and the, I was sitting there like, what is this? <laughs> it's a really weird movie. I cannot pronounce the director's name, the writer-director's name, but he then did a movie that is one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. Not disturbing in that there's necessarily images that have scarred me, but it was it was such an uncomfortable experience sitting through it in the theater because the the way the characters spoke and the tension and it was called the killing of a sacred deer. Mm. Colin Farrell and um, I want to say Nicole Kidman and uh, Riley, what's his name? Riley Riley Keough, the the young actor who's in um, he's in the Eternals and he's been in a couple other things and allegedly he is in the Batman as well and will be playing a significant character down the road. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he um the overactor. He um he's in he that's the first movie he did and he's in and, and and Farrell he's so this kid is just you're just you're so creeped out by this kid in this movie but it's by the same guy that did the lobster. This is the next one. Oh movie. okay. He did. And, and uh, but you Farrell know what? Started... Uh, Colin Farrell was in Phone Booth, directed by Joel Schumacher. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. And he was, you know, he played um, Daredevil's Bullseye in. Uh, I liked that movie. Uh, yeah. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't a disaster. It wasn't terrible. It was. It was fine. It just was the wrong. The wrong time. But 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 Farrell, you know, is again is someone that I've sort of taken to, in some of the more recent choices that he's that mm-hmm. he's. Made. And but then seeing him in this was like, I mean, truly unrecognizable. Like, and he just yeah, no, really, he looks like Richard Kind. Uh, that's what the memes going around. It's like, why didn't they just hire Richard Kind? He um, does look like Richard Kind. But he, you go, okay, this is kind of what the character is. Like, this is more. I can't wait to see where this goes. And I think they're doing a. They're either they're doing, doing a TV show for him. Is it him or is it Arkham? Is it no Pink? the Penguin TV show? <laughs> he gets his own show. Yeah. Oh, see that'll well that you know. Listen, if they if they've got something mapped out, I'm on board because I thought this was. Um, and I thought I thought the scene, like you said, the scene, what you just described about the Riddler, the penny dropping sort of, the mm-hmm. way the way it's, the way it rolls out, because then you just get that tiniest glimmer of recognition in Pattinson's eyes. Yeah. That oh, oh, oh. Okay, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> maybe yeah. I got it wrong. And then and, and did you notice the tribute to Batman Forever in that film? I just got it pointed out. The tribute to Batman Forever. The it Riddler had, Paul Dano Arkham. is wearing the exact same glasses that Jim Carrey's character is. No, not. He is. Is he? Yep. Okay, that's fucking interesting. I thought it was fun. I like the little the little visual of there's a tiny you see it for two seconds. First off, the the car chase, the Batmobile chase, is fantastic, and I'm wonderful. Going, and it doesn't take the whole movie to do it. It's, but it's I'm going fast. Like, oh my god, he's pulling from Friedkin, not just Friedkin. He's pulling from to live a die to live and die in L.A. Friedkin, Holy where car chase climaxes in the cop going on the freeway the wrong way yeah. and going against traffic. Um, but when he's tied up, when he's <laughs> when he's got his hands and and ankles, uh, you know, with the zip ties, 
when he's like, hey, you going to untie me? And he starts walking toward him. He does like a little kind of penguin walk, his little homage to to Burgess Meredith in the original show. Because he yeah. kind of does, he can't walk with his, with his ankles. Yeah, yeah, I caught that. I caught yeah. that, yeah. So, it, and again, I think it had a, it had a bit of, it actually had people talk about how dark it is. I think it had a bit of lightness that has been well, missing. I think there's the, some. The part little... that I liked about the film, the part I liked best was Batman. You know, has a hero's journey in the movie. Um, he he realizes that he scares the shit out of people, and at the end of the film, he's like, okay, I just got to be a hero. I've got to be an inspiration, and I, and I like that a lot. It's it's, um, the, it's the it's the and now that we've t- discussed how much I disliked and how much we disliked the third Nolan or the second Nolan that that bit of you know they've got to hate me I w- it was so great to see some daylight in this film yeah like, yeah you know and, him, and I look forward to another Pattinson Batman film oh good I I, I do I I'm not. Like, my wife's like, I thought you'd be Gaga for it. And that's the thing. I'm not Gaga for it. I liked it. Well, that's a, um, that a win. I'd say that's a win. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I did. I, I I said to my wife, like, I think she just kept, like, what, you know, you're not excited. Like, I think she really liked it. And I was like, yeah, it was good. And, you know, it's that thing of... Um, economic term of the law of diminishing returns how many batman like i'm you know i'm 50 years old now and <laughs> yeah but that's but that's see that okay so i'm gonna stop you there because yeah a friend of mine said the same thing that it's like yeah he said well, we're gonna get another one in like five years i'm like oh, no, 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 no 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 here's the difference the difference is <clears throat> you know um i sat through four pierce brosnan bond films i have nothing against pierce brosnan I have nothing against him really being cast as as Bond, other than I wish that I'd gotten more more Dalton ones. But I have a problem with the scripts. I have a problem with the way it's been delivered. So I'm going to keep seeing the Bond films, regardless of you know the you know it's just it's just ingrained. But do I feel like I've gotten Bond? No. Then Casino Royale hits, and then especially Skyfall to me, I go that's his best. That to me is Craig's best fully formed, you know, Bond film. So, yeah, we've gotten all these Batmans, but it's like, if I lay them out end to end, I'm like, I got 89 Batman. I got some of, I got <laughs> some of, some of Batman Returns. I got Batman Begins. And I got this one. And none of the rest of them, I would go back to the animated series before I'd go back to any of the rest of them. Because I, I agree. The animated all series gotten, trumps it all. But yeah. They've all gotten it wrong. They've gotten the character wrong. So, that's the thing is you get oh we're gonna get it again like yeah but you're not getting the same thing so yeah. once the craig thing started to roll out you know everybody hated his second film i don't know why it's it's fine but but you thought my my you know the thing of looking at that first one you go this is now in good hands or you know you know you know taika taika doing ragnarok or you know the the the, the russo brothers so you go oh they're doing the next one too okay i'm not worried or those same writers are going to be okay. You know, I'm not worried. So, yeah, we've gotten different Batman, but we've gotten it wrong so much of the time that sitting in this was like, okay, this, this is what Batman needs to be. Give me more of this. Give me more detective work. Give me more. And he also, I think he kicks more ass in this than any of the other movies. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of fun to watch. And you know, to be honest with you, I, I kind of, I've been watching people my age, 
talk about this and batman means different things to different people you know i mean every 10 years the character changes and shifts so i get it you know it's never going to be perfect and um you know i kind of think we might be at a point where we could come with come out with another batman movie that's just like a fun pop culture batman movie you know like i think we're at that point where the audience won't go like, okay, what? I'm confused. You know, if if you did that, you know, like you could almost try and do a different Batman interpretation that's more lighthearted. Well, um, I think I think that's kind of what it seems that we we might get with the Flash movie because the Flash yeah. movie probably have heaviness in it, but that character is that character is like so wacky. You know, the Flash. Dude, I actually like that character. You know, yeah can't stand that actor but um but he's he's, you know he's there's going to be an irreverence there and keaton will probably be the straight man in those in those scenes or whatever but i think that's that's kind of what we're going to get and then the reeves thing is its own thing and Uh i i never felt like i actually thought it was going to be i would say that i thought it was going to be darker than it was like I thought, yeah, it, it, it is not as dark as as advertised, and that's a yeah. good thing. Yes, absolutely. Like the 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 um, you know, there's there's I can't think of like little lines that I kind of laughed at, but there are there's a lightness to some of it that I mean, I love the I love the bit with you know it, with all the cops when 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 um, when Gordon goes after batman is like knock it off like back off you know and puts his you know finger on his chest That's great stuff yeah and then, like, oh you too huh and then he pulls him in the other room and you know he's like tilting his head like he's chewing him out like yeah you know can you do you think you can get out the side exit if you but he you know yeah. like, it looks like like i i thought that was terrific it was a bit of i thought light. it was great too i there there like i said um i don't have an actual problem with the film i think it's a great film um I just, you know, I wish it was a bit shorter and I don't know how many times I'll rewatch this this version of Batman, but I think it's well cast, well written. It's, you know, um it's a and good film movie. and people should see it. And the score is amazing. The score was fantastic. Hello, Jason and Brian. Rockford J here, longtime listener, first time caller, and I'm just sending a quick message to say congratulations on your fantastic 100th episode of Pod Stallions, one of my desert island podcasts. I listen every episode as soon as it pops up in my podcatcher or whatever fancy magical device we use to listen to things on these days. I just wanted to give you guys my very best. I have been a Plaid Stallions and Mego Museum user and lurker for as long as I can remember, and I couldn't appreciate more all the hard work that Brian and company have done on those sites over the years. And Jason, I just wanted to say thanks to you, uh, especially for our uh, many messages and conversations about pop culture nonsense. Uh, It's been fun. It's always fun. And you guys are going from strength to strength. Every episode is one for the record books, as Joe Franklin used to say. And I look forward to many years of podcasting glory to come. As the producers on The Simpsons used to say, halfway there. So at least another hundred episodes, if not more than that. My very best guys, 
Carry On and Excelsior from Rockford J. Yeah, just just great. So, well, there you go. I, I think that's a win. I think that's a great I think that's a win. Yeah, that's a great and, way to celebrate our hundredth episode. Is that? And I just want to, you know, I just want to say um, thanks to everybody for these, you know, like all the amazing feedback and comments and 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 the the, the Pod Stallions group. I just want to say this because I've been meaning to say this for a while. About two years ago. Uh, my kind of like whole online world crashed. Um, I had, you know, in the, in the whole like toy collecting community, I just had just fallings outs and miserable stuff and people like, I'm still dealing with people like kind of cyber stalking me. And I was ready, you know, that was when the, the COVID hit and I was kind of ready to just throw it all in the trash and just regroup. And, the one thing that really kept, I, I think, I think it, it charged my batteries was the Pod Stallions group. Um, you're you're a good bunch, and you're 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 such like-minded people. And whatever we're doing, whatever porch light that you're attracted to, I'm very proud of um, that that we're doing because I've just. It renewed my faith in humanity. I, I just wanted to say that in our hundredth episode. We have a we have a Pod Stallions group. Yeah, you you don't know. Why didn't you? Why am I just hearing about this now? I think like, I invited you. Yeah. I don't think I got the invite, frankly. I think I think okay. Maybe um, that's maybe that's why. Well, this is awkward. Maybe that's why you've been enjoying it so much. That yeah, I yeah, yeah. I never. Well, show up. It, there are a lot of threads about you know. <laughs> Like I was talking about, you know, our our behind the scenes fighting. Um, <laughs> no, I I, I uh, you know ditto to what to what Brian said. Um, I don't I don't do a lot of Facebooking, you know. I mean, I there's folks that are on there, you know, all the time. I just don't. Uh, but every now and then I pop in and I see these really cool conversations and fun things get posted and it's all you know, it, to me, it carries on the spirit of what we've tried to do with this show, which is, yeah, we can sit here and talk about Batman movies for two hours. And, you know, I can make fun of one that Brian likes and vice versa. No one's going to, no one's going to, you know, get uptight about it and no one's going to not talk to each other and no one's going to get ugly about it. But for the most part, we, we, we've tried to make this thing, not the snarky thing that everything else is. There's so much of it, and it's it's all over social media, and it's um, it's in so many like YouTube videos, and God knows Twitter's full of it. Um, we have tried to say this is the stuff we dig. Yeah. Why would we talk about? Why would we bother with this stuff if we didn't dig it? You know, I, I'm not, and I and, and you know even we even have differences of things that we like to watch on on YouTube, whatever. But but my take is, stop watching it. Or stop, stop, you know, it, then it just becomes, I know I'm going to hate this and I'm going to, you know, watch it and tear it apart. And my thing is, I have to see things. I have to, even if I hear about it, you know, I'm probably going to dislike that uh, before I can start trashing it or say I, I like it or not. But you're never going to hear like, you know, a bunch of bile in this podcast because it's just not, it's like, oh, I didn't, I thought it was bad. I didn't really like it, whatever. And that's it and move on. And I think that's what we've done really well is um, is mainly embrace 
all of this stuff for better or worse. And I feel like the group does that too. It's about celebrating who remembers this thing. Remember this thing happened once and, you know, um, that's that's what a community like that should sort of should be like. I think that that's my my interpretation of what those things. Nobody's are. too serious. Yeah, it's just like, but you know, any any fan club you ever joined or any you know before the internet, it's like you you want to be with people that dig this stuff and that are you know you know hey did you did you happen to catch this is going to be on Friday or this is that's that's what it is and that's what it should be and so um so it's it's uh, I hope that we brought joy to you guys as well and um we love getting your notes it's the only way we kind of know this is working when yeah. we hear from folks and um uh saying how not that sounds egotistical like send us nice th- say nice things about it <laughs> <laughs> only say nice things about only nice things. if you don't like it just send it somewhere else i don't want to know but I'm just saying it, it. That's when you go. Oh shit! They heard that. You know, there's yeah. been a lot. Of- oh yeah, no, and, and I mean, like I, we get lots of uh, mostly civil pushback. You know, um, and you know, it is what it is. You oh know? really? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like picking apart things. Like, why do you guys not stay on topic? Kind of thing. No, nothing like that. Oh. Um, more or less like you know when we pick a movie. And they don't agree with us. And it's like, well, oh. that's fair. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, my, my friend and I used to run a, a, a beer blog, like a booze blog called Liquor Pig. And <laughs> we would try booze and then we would write these, you know, something awful style um, remarks about it. You know, we would try and get really literal and, and have fun with it. And um we would get these comments, you know, <laughs> and, and some of these comments were like, we would kill ourselves laugh. They were all mean. <laughs> and they're like, you two morons obviously don't have taste buds. And it's like, <laughs> I put the thing in my mouth. It tastes like crap. I spit it out, you know, <laughs> but, but, it's, but there you go. Like you're talking <laughs> about a blog about beer. Yeah. It's it's like, so so th- that, that type, that person, that vibe you're talking about, I bet there's American Girl doll chat <laughs> that are, you know, like you could pick anything. And there's some because because you know we've been talking about the you, you know you you started you started in the the, uh, the Ain't It Cool News uh, uh, podcast, which I know yeah. you you really you really dug, and I dug it for a while, but then I kind of walked away because I started to not like the guy that was delivering. The narrative is a little thick. I, you know, I think and I forgive it the, more than you because I do it while I'm working. And then he went to Texas. And what happened was he went to Texas and then something happened and it was really an icebreaker. Don't, don't, don't break the window on me for like, I, it hasn't bothered me yet. And I, I, no, I, I just mean that it's like, it's, 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 fall, it's falling into the same kind of yeah. crap that the initial thing that you're talking about fell into. I, I get, I get it. I, I totally it. get it. So when I hear the stories about, you know, ain't it cool? I go, my God, this is, you know, translate it to, you know, these groups on Facebook, take it to, you know, the YouTube videos. It's just, you know, the, those, those headings on videos, like the Batman, is it really good or not? Really? Yeah. Though? It, it's the, the worst thing I can say is um, like Migo came back and I, you know, Migo <laughs> was like the thing I, I talked about for 25 years, you, you? know? Yeah, yeah. Did you know I collect Migo? Me? Uh, what? And then the company came back, and 
I don't think I was prepared to ever be involved with a new toy company. I, I, you know, I get along well with the folks at the company, but it, I think a lot of people wanted to be invited to the table and, and, you know, the expectations and things just like exploded and people got really weirdly serious about it. And that's the one difference between me and a lot of folks is like, I don't take anything personally, you know, like, Oh, right. I don't like I don't like that toy. I don't know, buy it. But to be but to be fair, to be fair, and this is this is just this shows what a good person you are. Yeah, you don't take it that seriously. But when you get negative waves or like heaviness from people over nothing, it does it does hit you in the gut. It it is yeah. It, oh yeah, it, it bothers it me. So to bo- read all that crap, I I do kind of wear it like a coat, and. Some of the have you ever seen the Saturday Night Live skit where Vince Vaughn and um, Will Ferrell are cat toy salesmen? I'm gonna say no. Okay, it's really funny because they're insane. They're just like monsters about these cat toys. Mm-hmm. And at one point, someone brings in the new model of whatever you know cat thing there is with you know a little fuzzy ball on the top and they're like god damn it what did you do and they're like screaming at the guy and then they both jump on the table and pretend to be cats to see if it works and you know they're these high pressure salesmen and right and, and that is what i think of when a lot of people flip out about action figures i, I just think you're the but, but what I, yeah but what I, but what i'm saying is take that take that analogy or take that sketch yeah it's everything it's not yeah. just toys it's like it's like you know there's these there's these few people that i might re- repeatedly watch about you know uh you, you know a beetle reissue or something whatever yeah and it's still like well it could have been we finally got this after 50 some years and it could have been what they should have done and it's like yeah. everybody's it's 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 the never it's two generations of it's never good enough and it, it feels like that at times. You don't yeah. have to accept it. And the second you say that, the argument is, oh, I guess we should just love everything then. No. Everything is awesome. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying it's okay to be critical on things, but it's this, where's the next one? What, what about the next one? Can't wait to see this. And I, I just saw some, I just saw something posted even today that sh- I forget what it was now. It was either a an image of a toy or an image of a photo of, of a character that showed up in a thing that we're never we've never gotten yet. And the the caption on the tweet was like, that's great. Now now when are we gonna get so and so? Yeah, yeah. And it's down. like that that is the mantra of all of this stuff. And I think it 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 becomes this, especially because people are hiding, you know, wherever they are to be able to say whatever they want. And that's where a lot of the heaviness and the ugliness kind of comes from because it's not it's not a one-on-one conversation. It's this, I'm going to make, ooh, I really owned you with that one or something. It's just, we've tried to make this thing for 100 episodes be a conversation that if you, if we were if we were out somewhere or we were hanging out at Brian's house or whatever it is, and we started talking about this silliness, that we'd have a great 90-minute conversation about it. And that's, that's what it's tried to be. And I don't think we've, it's not going to change the world, and it's not super analytical about, you know, why you know, Catwoman is the best DC movie of all time where, you know, you take three hours and dissect it. It just is what it is. That's our next episode. I think that we've done a good job with that. I'd like to think we're bringing more joy to the universe and kind of more, more happiness. And that's, that's the point of it. So it's, it's, uh, I just think that thing that you just described, like that person is in 
every single kind of fandom. It's just everywhere. Yeah, that guy. And you just have to go, okay, that's, I hope that that's not the majority of what, it is. I've, always, I've always said like, I'm into lots of stuff, but I'm never going to, it's never going to be to the detriment of my, my, my life or my having a roof over my head or a friendship or whatever. There's, there's much bigger, more important things to do still in life than, than these things, these hills to, you know, to die on. And, um, but people's lives are very small too. They have very sort of little tiny universes and, you know, God forbid. So, um, I have to get in a fight on my Ram Man fanfic Reddit page. So there you go. We've got to wrap this up. Perfect timing. So, <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Brian, for thank uh, you, Mr. Jason, your friendship and your uh, hundred years of cinema. No, sorry, your hundred episodes <laughs> of uh, Pod Stallions. And here's to the next uh, the next hundred, if we here's make it. Here's to the next hundred, and I can't wait for 101, sir. Because, you know, we, once you go into syndication, you get canceled. So I hope we don't get canceled. Well, I'm worried about the needle drops in every episode. We, we probably lose our, um, our oh, syndication yeah. rights. This is, this, is the, this is the all Led Zeppelin episode. Yeah, the, 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 the WKRP problem. It should be cheap. No yeah. problem. And, I, I, you know, I also never uh, bought the Tangerine Dream soundtrack. So Uh-oh. we're going to end Uh-oh. up like the Keep Shit. And not be available on Blu-ray ever. Oh, when we do an our keep episode? I'd have to see the keep. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do want to watch it. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, it's been a long time, but it's it's a weird one. But we got to get um, Weiner on for that one. I got a feeling. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right, buddy. All right. Thank you for listening and uh, enjoy. Uh, farewell to episode 100. Happy 100. Take care.